Welcome to episode 74 of the NFB Podcast, presented by 3D Entertainment. The NFB Podcast is brought to you by Riverside Dodge, the official truck sponsor and dealership of the show, as well as Hooked Up Enterprises as the official in-arena gear of the NFB Podcast. And of course, Wrangler, the official clothing sponsor of the show. Wrangler, along live the Cowboys. What's up, everybody? Back in action, NFP, episode 74. We got a lot to talk about. Thanksgiving weekend at home with the families. Medicine hat prepping for the PBR Canada Cup event. The team series wraps up their season. So much to get into. So much to talk about. But before we do, let's get into it with the boys. Scotty Bird, you got your beautiful glasses on. Up bright and early this morning. Good to see you. What's up? Yeah, just uh, another stage in life. <laughs> yeah, where are these fucking things? <laughs> yeah. uh, everything's good. Everything's good. Got back from Grand Prairie. I it was a it was a good show up there. Um, yeah, just on the road uh, making my other living, selling clothes right now. Went through Morris, Manitoba last night. Ooh, some memories there. God damn, I kind of put a smile on my face actually, and a frown because there was times where I didn't want to be there. But anyway. Um, all's good. Yeah, busy giving her shit. Chuck and Jason David. Yeah, Scott gave me a call about being in Morris, Manitoba. What am I doing? Enjoying our sponsored cup of coffee this morning. And uh yeah, like you said, just kind of getting over the Thanksgiving food hangover. Mm. Episode 74. Is that what you said? Mm -hmm. All right. Shout out to our boy Ethan Bear, number 74. Uh, there you go. Where's he? Is he in Vancouver still? He is in Kelowna currently, uh, rehabbing that shoulder. Okay. But watching the Vancouver Canucks last night, um, he could be a Vancouver Canuck again. A little light on the right side on the defensive part of the game. But uh, walloped the Edmonton Oilers 8-1. to one. I bet you there was some money lost in Las Vegas on that one last night. They did, eh? I went to see oh, it was 4 Oh, whipped up. Two goalies got lit up. Not just Jack Campbell. Stuart Skinner got lit up, too. I had to go to bed due to the fact that we had to do this fucking podcast at 6 in the morning. <laughs> hey, well, we're, we're good. It's going to be good. We're uh, the day of. We're going to get this out tonight. So we're recording this Thursday a.m. Did our uh, interview with the, the Charles Blessing game chat. Best plug. Last night, Scott went full AFP on that one. Couldn't make the uh, interview, but that's okay, buddy. That's okay. You'll make I it. I did. Sorry. Trying but to make tell, us, tell us what happened. Yeah. You almost ran out of fuel, did you? Oh, man. Day from hell yesterday. But, yeah. I don't even know how I made it to this small town of Miami, and I don't mean fucking Florida. <laughs> I, I, was, I was putting the truck in fucking neutral on the hills, man. I was going down just idling. Seriously? I, I got it. Yeah, man. I got into this town. No gas station, like doesn't open, like fuck, no gas station, doesn't open till nine. I got to see an account at 7.30. So you know what I did? 
I hung out at the petrol pass till, till a truck trucker pulled in and I bought $60 worth of fuel off of him. It was like dealing drugs in the fucking petrol pass fucking parking lot. <laughs> Uh, Anyways, <laughs> shout out, shout out to the fellow that did it because uh, there is good people out there. Because he could have told me to yeah. feed it, and you know, he, he helped me out. But yeah, god damn, shitty feeling when you're, no, you know, when it goes to eighteen kilometers to empty, and then that disappears and goes low, low? fuel. You know, yeah. you're in trouble. <laughs> you're in trouble. Yeah. I remember leaving Agribition one night, and I don't know why I was with Rob Bell and Bowers, where we would be going. Well, obviously Alberta, but I don't know why I was going back that direction. Anyway, we leave Regina, we get past Moose Jaw, and fuel light starts dinging. dinging. And I'm like, we like, we just drove by. <laughs> we left a city and drove by a city, like, and it's you know usually colder than a witch's tit around aggravation time. So we call the CAA or whatever we had roadside assistance, and uh, I remember the, them saying. So you are out of your, you are out of fuel, and Rob's like, no, not yet, but we will be shortly. Well, I can't do anything for yeah. you till you're out of fuel, and I'm like about to lose my shit. <laughs> I'm like, no, no, you don't understand. Let me talk to this person, or maybe it was on that. Maybe it was, you know, that was when you had the button you could hit on your mirror and talk to OnStar. Maybe OnStar yeah. was yeah. new. OnStar, yeah, high class. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Whoa, 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 whoa! It's cold, and we are going to run out of fuel. Yeah, freeze out here. They'll okay, only give understand you enough fuel it. to get to the next town, right? Yeah, understand, yeah. but we can't do anything to you are out of fuel. So we had to hang up. So I told Rob, hang up, phone back, <laughs> tell him <laughs> we are out of fuel. Like it's gonna get cold. Jason, the uh stunt we did in Edmonton, we haven't uh, been back since we did that. You can touch on that, I guess, because there's a couple of cool things. We bucked bulls. Uh, in the plaza outside of Rogers Place in Edmonton, and then as well announced a big new prize money bump for PBR Canada. Yeah, it was a cool day. Um, it was Wednesday, September 27th, right on on our cruise way up to Grand Prairie. We stopped in at uh, Edmonton and unloaded some steel right there at the Ice District. Yeah. Any of our listeners don't know where that is. It's like basically right in behind the JW Marriott. So, um, not the most common spot to unload livestock and unload no. eight loads of dirt and bucks and bulls, but yeah, it was cool. It was really cool. It's a bit of a PR stunt for us. And um, I don't know, I'd say we had like 500 people. They eh? must've been standing around there. Um, yeah, nothing cool. advertised really, except for what we did with our media presser at 12. That was the best part. We had all the news outlets there for two, two uh, different hits. And one was at noon following the Oilers uh, practice um, and then just ahead of their preseason game against Vancouver Canucks. So yeah, it was cool. Like, well, walking in, everybody wearing their hats into the game after we bucked the bulls, there's lots of comments from the people that were like the food truck guy. Did you notice the food truck backed in there? Uh-uh. Anyway, when I walked into the game, he must leave the food truck there and drive out afterwards. He's like, dude, that was, I was unbelievable. He goes, I want to cater for you guys on me. I want to get you guys all your food for your event in November. And I'm like, well, I appreciate it, dude, but that's just not how it works. We got to, you know, Edmonton Rogers place caters and everything. He goes, Oh, that's too bad, man. I would have pulled the truck right in there for you guys. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. He was just blown away. And then we had a, ironically, uh, um, a French couple behind us when we were sitting and, uh, 
Brinson was visiting with them. They've been to St. Teat, obviously. Yeah. Uh, knew all about Ooh. that. And Brinson just got, just kind of slid in from St. Teat. Still had the shakes, the St. Teat shakes, but yeah. when he got to Edmonton. <laughs> so buying tickets. But yeah, it definitely worked. We saw we saw a huge spike in ticket sales uh, um, from that Wednesday to Monday. So yeah, it was cool. It was just, you know, I don't think it's something you want to do every year. You know, you've been there, done it. You've done it once. It was definitely an investment on our part, and uh, just the way tickets are tracking and selling, I think it was a good one. It's kind of like uh, was it Times Square? They bucked some bulls that one year. Mm-hmm. Yes, he was fighting bulls at it. it was, that was badass too. You buck a few bulls, and people don't have a fucking clue what's going on. Well, there was lots of people stopping all day long because yeah. Blaine and his team started. I think the dirt come in Tuesday night, but Blaine pushed the dirt around and. Yeah, people like lots of head scratchers. Like, what are, what's going on here? You know, and they see all the corrals, and then when Nansen showed up with the bulls, that's when people really started, you know, hanging around, wanting to have a look and whatnot. And yeah. you know, Jeff Backus and Splash FX, man. As soon as that first bang goes off with the fireworks, then everybody's yeah. paying attention, right? But yeah, I'd say there was, you know, and. There, that's what our goal was. There was obviously a lot of hockey traffic because there was a lot of Oilers jerseys hanging around there. So I, I would guess for sure a minimum of 500 people um, that were walking by. But it was interesting. Well, you were there, Tanner. How about the people hanging out, looking out the windows from the JW? You know, Brinson, yeah. Brinson's trying to bring, you know, Brinson's <laughs> on mic, trying to get the people that were outside on this balcony looking down. Yeah, we had a lot of fun with it. Um, it was cool. Yeah. And- and now we can say we've been then, there, done that. Yeah, hell yeah. Sell tickets and then also the announcement, right? What was the announcement that you guys had made that bumps us to the most the highest paid international finals in the world, right? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, we're somebody in Rogers Place is going to leave there with a uh, a bonus check of $100,000 for the national champions. So, um, Fuck, I can't wait to take that. Woo! Right. Sure yeah. Don't worry, we were trying to talk. We were trying to talk best plug back into cracking yep. out. I told him he still has enough time if he enters his own event in Saskatoon and Yorkton, he might get it there. <laughs> but he probably yeah, could. pretty cool. Um, I didn't realize that till our resident encyclopedia Casey Albert from Endeavor filled us in that the only finals that pays more now is World Finals, uh, the UTB finals in Fort Worth. So yeah, it's something pretty cool, and you know we're not going to stop there. We're we've come a long way and. Since 2019, we've tripled the prize money. And that's oh. through some shitty years, 2020 and 2021, where we were basically handcuffed on on selling tickets. Yeah. So yeah. Um, good bounce back. Yeah. I don't know who you want to thank for that, the bull riders, but uh yeah, bullfighters, be... probably. Bullfighters, I would say. <laughs> yeah, for yeah. sure. <laughs> Cheers. Hey. Prescott, I think we'll see. Prescott Speaking of, congratulations right. here on the Bullfighters. I think you three, uh, you guys both, you guys got the Canadian Finals Rodeo. You, Prescott, and Brett Manya. Yeah, yeah we got CFR, yeah. Well, we can make it public today then. You three are also the Lamleys uh, Live Your Own Life Bullfighters for the PBR Canada and National Finals Rogers Place, November hey, 17th. There we go. Nice. Breaking news. Yes. Oh, and not to leave you out, Scott. Congratulations. You've been selected to have a mic in your hand for a couple days yourself. Fucking rights, bro. Awesome. Awesome. Scott, hey, Scott, Scott might have conflicting I, issues. Pat on the back. I'll be there. Attorney that weekend, though. 
<laughs> oh, does he? What? Yeah. Scott, that might have conflicting issues. You got got the Essential Hornets uh, training camp that weekend. I don't know if you'll be able I to I know. That's, that's what I was going to say. We're going to have to do some negotiating because the fucking Hornets bumped my salary this year. I, I don't know if I'm going to be able to miss that training camp. Fuck. After I did your intro. contract. Hey, I did your contract with the Essential Hornets. Trust me. I think you're going to want to come down to <laughs> I know. I'll be there. I'll be there. Todd Pazabon Foundation Dinner, Wednesday night at uh, River Cree Hotel and Casino. Yeah. Uh, new venue this year, eh? Yeah, that one's going to be sick. I'm glad you brought that up. I've just been doing some uh, work on that this week, actually, and uh, sending out some invites and all that sort of stuff. But uh, Todd Pazabon Foundation Banquet is back at a place. It's called The Venue at the uh, River Cree resort uh yeah looking forward to that again um we got some cool items coming in for the auctions again levi's jumped on with uh the suite and tickets to the 49ers game in levi's stadium in uh, san francisco yeah all the all the cool stuff that that we've had in the past is coming back corblund sending in some cool stuff so we got a bunch of different cool stuff coming in but anybody wants to get some donations in for that silent auction or the live auction those are always welcome for the event but yeah just our annual fundraiser uh, to keep uh, keep the Type Osborne Foundation going, raise some money, and make sure that we can keep everybody uh, protected inside and outside of the arena. So uh, looking forward to that one. We're going to kick it off, and then we're still working on some stuff for the Thursday, too. Uh, we got all the bull riders coming in. Everybody's going to be there from the Wednesday on. So be a lot of action this year and a lot of hype behind uh, this whole the whole PBR Canada Finals. Yeah, we're going to have it some might... fun. Uh, we're actually going to – we're working on some stuff for the West Edmonton Mall for the Thursday. Thursday. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I can't announce it yet, but likely an official kickoff party um, Thursday night for the boys to go visit some some of the fans. Um, we'll we'll rip. We'll we should have a couple pods in before before yeah. then. So yeah, we'll have another one. Another might have to start one. adding that to my proposals, eh? On the pods? Yeah, yeah. Duh. PBR Canada Finals. <laughs> a lot of hype along going along with that with all that added prize money, all the different events that are going on with it. We're looking at a poker tournament too for the guys and, and fans on the Thursday. A couple different options River Cree's looking to do. They're freaking unreal there at the River Cree. We stayed there for that PR stunt. Went won some money at the Chino. Me and Braden Burner, Scotty Bido, big deal. Uh, couple uh, hundred apiece. Colby Moore there with us too. And Cody Frazier, all the boys. Uh yeah, but just a just an outstanding place. Hey, Jason, you kind of yeah, set all that up, but now that's to go yeah. to in Edmonton. Yeah, yeah. Really great partners. Um, Vic and Janie and the crew there. Um, couldn't be happier. I was just thinking too, you're talking about PBR Canada files and how cliche get your tickets now, they're going fast, you know. Going so but quick. We're rolling the, with the tickets. Um yeah. a lot of buzz around. Like I said, that event did create um, a really good buzz and a and a nice bump in our ticket sales. We we see the uh, the numbers every Monday until it's three weeks out, and then we have a daily count we get from the Brett the Hitman Hart, and uh, yeah, it's it's gaining some legs. So we're really excited about that, and obviously that was one of the reasons we wanted to make that announcement on on the hundred thousand dollars and make sure that the bull riders and the fans of the PBR know that we're invested in, in, you know, remaining number one as the number one Western lifestyle event in Canada. So we'll just keep rolling on as Alabama says. Roll on highway, <laughs> roll on along. And with that, we'll go into an ad read for Riverside Dodge. Riverside Dodge in Prince Albert, Saskatchewan is the home of the, award, the award-winning Ram truck. They're the brand you trust to haul a trailer load of ranked bulls along with your crew up front in the cab. 
Whether you want to go check fences or tailgate outside the next PBR event, the boys at Riverside Dodge have the right truck for you. Riverside Dodge is not only the dealer of choice in northern Saskatchewan, but also sells and services all across western Canada. Go see Ty and the gang at Riverside Dodge for a fair, no-bullshit deal on your next truck and tell them Tanner, Scott, or Jason sent you. Riverside Dodge and Prince Albert is the official truck dealership and sponsor of the NFP podcast. Good thing that old Riverside Dodge truck didn't run out of fuel on you there yesterday, Scotty. I was, yeah, that's the bonus part. When it does say low, you still got at least 10 minutes of driving. So you're, you're <laughs> 10 minutes. <laughs> 10 minutes. You're but you're not going to explain to us how fast that 10 minutes, how fast you can go in that 10 minutes. You just got to get enough speed that if you have to, you can coast into yeah. town. <laughs> Yeah. That's an uh, awful yeah. feeling, eh? Looking at that gas. Terrible. Yeah. Terrible. Fuck, Terrible. Just stranded. At least in today's day oh. and age, you're not like actually stranded. It's always a phone call. Well, away. but today's day and age, no one will fucking stop for you because they're scared of getting shot in the face. Fair enough. I wouldn't stop for anybody. Yeah. Right? No matter so, what. Yeah. Fair Jesus. enough. This is fair enough. Yeah. Uh, PBR Canada news. Let's stay on it, though, guys. Uh, the race heating up. We got uh, after Grand Prairie. The Cup Series event. We got a new number one, Dakota Butter. Drama behind him. Breaks his collarbone in the short round. Number two, Nick Tetz has been at a whole bunch of events up here as he's been heavy in the team series. Uh, breaks his shoulder blade last weekend at the team series, which pulls him out for the rest of the, for the finals for the team series. But supposedly be long enough time before the Canada finals that he'll be healed up and ready to ride. There, Cody Coverchuk in the number two spot as well. Wyatt Gleason's in the top. We got a we got a race uh, kicking off. Yeah, got, you know, a it's bunch good. of guys it's rolling. Good. And Everyone's you know good. what? It's good. And I think we'll have a nice. If we time these podcasts right, we'll have Medicine Hat done. If we get one prior to Saskatoon, and then we'll have one after uh, Yorkton. So we'll have an. You know, you'll have the accurate numbers rolling into Edmonton. I don't know how we're going to do that though. Well, I'm we'll looking for suggestions. Two okay. for sure. We'll have two, two of these hammered out before the finals. Yep. We'll I try to really what, be I on it, dude. To set up, set up for the finals. We'll try to be on it right. if you guys can fucking fit it into your schedules. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, just to change the subject quickly here. Uh, one guy that I am excited to see in that top five in there is Wyatt Gleason. I think that kid's yeah. been a little bit underrated for the last two or three years. Um he rides so aggressive, like he'll pull a foot and spur one every chance he gets. And I was just harder got chatting any, with him. Harder than yeah. anyone. Oh, yeah. yeah. I got chatting with him at Grand Prairie and you know, he's, fo- he's focused and it's good to see like, he's got a fighting chance at it for sure. So um, that's gonna, he could be the sleeper, you know, that no, well, uh, there can, with Nick being out and, and butters being out this weekend. Yeah. Um, I think it's only Cody and Cody Coverchuk and or Coy Robbins that could um, slide into first place. Okay. Um, Aaron Roy could be a guy that he needs oh, yeah. if he can yeah, win it. He old. can he can move into second probably or third, yep. and then Wyatt's not that far behind. So they're all going to be making moves because they won't be in Yorkton. And the thing about Yorkton is is it, it's a tier two. Who will Aaron and Coverchuk? Yeah, yeah. It's a it's a two day event, which is and it's also a two header event. So there's going to be some there's going to be some points available in uh, um, Yorkton. So 
Yeah, we should clarify that in, in the sense of like why lots of guys won't be at Yorkton is it's the same time as the Canadian Finals. Canadian rodeo. Finals rodeo, Canadian and this year probably so more than like anything, that. our riders have overlapped in those standings. You know, we had Jordan Hansen in Yorkton one year because he didn't qualify for the Canadian Finals. Well, that's not the case this year. So, yeah, um, we'll have cover yeah. Chuck. You'll have Aaron, Chad Hartman, who's a top ten guy right now. Chad's seventh right now. Fuck, good for him. Yeah, Garrett yeah. Green. Well, that- yeah, that's my that's my point. Is the storyline, the plot thickens, right? Um, it's really going to be, no matter where anybody, those top guys are sitting in in the standings going into Edmonton, to the to the Canadian PBR National Finals. Is that it could be anybody's game, oh, yeah. right? To win it all, so hundred thousand dollars on the line. There's going to be guys scrambling and making sure they're riding at the top of their game coming into it. So it's good. It's really good. Yeah, because Nick came from behind last year. I didn't yeah, even yeah. know Nick was in the in the in the title race last year until you guys announced. Well, you know he's close, but not. Didn't think he was that close, and then he announces the. I tell you another guy to watch. Another guy to watch out for big time. Who is is, uh, for lack of a better term, was pissed off leaving their number two last year. Is Coy Robbins, and look how that kid is riding. Yeah. You know, yep. he's just. You can't buck them off, really, at this point. So yeah, there today there's six guys that would be in contention for a national title if it started tonight. Um, started tonight, but, but I get a kick out of I get a. Here's the here's my concern always. These guys forget that this this journey starts in Lloyd Minster every year and Dawson mm-hmm. Creek yeah. for the for the next year, and it's only till about now they really pay attention to the points. <laughs> Yeah, fair enough. Australia's national finals last year and national title was determined by two and a half points. I know personally with my DNA, if I lost a hundred grand by two and a half points, you might want to send Brandon Tomey out or Brett Gardner after me when I walk out of that building. <laughs> you might not see me again. You might look back and wish you went to the Cooney Cooper Memorial. That's true, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I never, I never, events. I never, I never personally had to worry about two and a half points because I was always like three hundred ahead of everybody. Always right. ninety. Yeah. Didn't have to worry about two points when you're going ninety every time. Uh, the other race on the other end of things too. Uh, looking at the standings here is the qualifications just to the finals, right? We got guys on the bubble. Weston oh, Davidson, yeah, sixteen. Call. Jake Gardner, seventeen. Callum Miller, nineteen. Cody Fraser, twentieth. Coy Schmidt, twenty-first. You know, even Jordan Hansen, Blake Smith, Brock Radford, 13, 14, 15, with all the uh, points available here at the end of the season, it'll be a race to get in there, right? Because how many yeah, are going to go, you, 18, 17? Here, and let's go one step farther here. We've got three U.S. guys. I believe Gage is coming. Gage Gay will be in Saskatoon, he told me. Yep. Those guys uh, with the with the amount of points available make a big jump after a win at a two-day cup event like Saskatoon. Alverson's coming to Medicine Hat, Boudreaux Campbell. Yeah, Boudreaux's newest, dead soon. Newest He's 3D client. Yeah, yeah, he'll be Medicine Hat, likely Saskatoon. Saskatoon, yeah. So, you know who, another guy who was lighting it up at the start, Cole Wagner. He's just coming off an, in, or an injury. Um, so we might see him. Cole Brewer's bound and determined to try to qualify. So, yeah, I, if you're sitting where Weston Davidson is at 16, because we're only taking 17 out of our standings, and yeah. that's Jake Gardner right there. Yeah. Yeah, Cole Callum, Brewer will be coming in hot. Right on his tail, yeah. Yeah, it'll be good. Um, you guys we'll hear the Dale news? Swearingen in Saskatoon. He's coming to Saskatoon. Dale it is? Good. Yep. 
but he gets uh, as a Canadian champion, world champion. He's he's yeah, got he a spot regardless. Yeah, we're still waiting to hear from Zane Lambert. Zane, if you're listening, he's gonna um, as a Canadian champion, he's got an opportunity. Tyler Thompson, if you're listening, um, there's a hundred twenty five thousand dollars up for grabs. If you guys want to just dust off the bull rope and come on out. Good thing those bullfighters voted me in, or I'd have had to go there and take their money. <laughs> well, yeah, we, we can it, right? we can buck one after for you if you want. Oh, that's I'm sure idea. Scott and I'd hang around for that. <laughs> Fuck, I'll fight bulls for you, man. Oh, thanks, buddy. So, um, do you hear the uh, latest news, the latest drama in the bull riding world, Canada? Everybody's seen the video on uh, the NFP page of uh, of um, West or of Stephanie getting slapped in the face. <laughs> you guys all see yeah, that? Was, was that his mom that did that? No, it was it was a uh, Cole Brewer's auntie. <laughs> Just kidding. Fuck, that was solid. Yeah, it was. What was it? Like, is that supposed to be funny or what? Uh, I found that very funny if that was me on the receiving end. I don't know. I think I've seen that before, like at bars and stuff. It's like a yeah. shot, right? So I don't know. I, I guarantee you by the look on Stefan's face that he didn't think it was coming that hot. That's How about Stefan's dad's face? <laughs> yeah, Lori. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. That was freaking pure gold. So uh, with that moving on, guys, I think it's going to be a good race. Like you say, we'll, we'll keep everybody updated on that as we go. Going into the team series stuff, the Austin Gamblers coming in number one, Jose Vitor Leme. The regular season is done for that. We just have the finals now in Las Vegas for the team's finals to crown the team champion. Austin Gamblers, number one. Jose Vitor wins the MVP for the second year in a row. Biggest surprise of the year for me, uh, and I'm going to give it all to Guilherme Marchi, is the Kansas City Outlaws coming in number two. Uh, so yeah. they get a buy through. The Texas Rattlers coming in number three, Cody Lambert's team. As well, another surprise for me is the Oklahoma Freedom coming in in, uh, in number four. So those four teams get the buy through the first week or first day, right, Jason? Yeah, yeah. Expansion draft. Rumors looming. Two more teams coming into the league for next year. So going to be busy a couple weeks following the finals for uh, the 3D agency. Um, It's going to be good. We've been speaking with a few GMs on how to navigate through an expansion draft. And because you can only protect three of your riders. You got a team like there's three. There's a couple. There's a couple teams that are five guys deep that can be, uh, you know, I'm sure they don't want to lose those guys. That's part of the yeah. team, right? But yeah. uh, it'll be interesting. So I'm going to do my very best to help them uh, teams keep their guys, you know, and see if there's a way you can work around it. But, yeah, it'll be uh, – it's great. Expansion's always good for any professional sports league, I think. Um, oh, yeah. We need more, more money, too. More money yeah. in the market for the riders. And just like I think we said, probably – I don't know, a couple times on here. I do think that's the way of the PBR. I think it swallows up the UTB in the next few years. And this is what we see this is how she everywhere. Uh, that'll be good to see. Yeah, like you say, the the money and everything is going to have a big play into that, whether it be, you know, the new teams wanting to take on different guys' salaries and all that sort of stuff, right? Because now if you move to a new team, those salaries that you have on those teams, they move with you, right? So... That'll be a big uh, big thing to watch is see who they pick and the reasons that they pick them and reasons that maybe they don't pick certain guys, right? So it's going to be uh, exciting to see. Well, and- we know what we need to do too. Shout out to the 3D athletes qualifying for the national finals rodeo. Let's start yep. with our Canadians. We got Zeke, three-time world champion. Jared Parsnich, second appearance. Jared Jordan Hansen's going for his third appearance. Yeah, that's badass. 
Rider Wright in the saddle bronc riding, two-time champion of the world. Kai Hamilton, the number two bull rider. And uh, then there's this, what's the other one? Oh, yeah, that Stetson Wright character. He had an okay year. Not bad. Better luck next year. Better luck next year. <laughs> no. but it was pretty cool because um, going into the uh, last weekend of that Governor's Cup, um, whoever, Zeke, Sage, or Stetson, um, was going to come away as the number one guy in the Saddle Bronx standings. And they were already in a position to uh, set the uh, single season earnings record prior to the NFR, which Ryder Wright had held since 2019. So Stetson broke three records in that, in that category, the all around the bull riding and the Saddle Bronx riding. So pretty impressive year for that guy. And that's Remember not including that. the money he won at the American. A couple hundred thousand he took out of there. Yeah, tip of the hat. Tip of the hat to the boy. Yeah. That's hey, you know shame. another another congratulations we got to uh, send out again here too is to Uncle Ryan. Uh, oh yeah, the old boy, Papa yeah. Burn. Yeah. yeah, you're heading down there, Tanner, with Jesse and Bo to celebrate his induction into the Wrangler Bullfight Hall of Fame. That's that's pretty cool, man. He's the only Canadian to be in that that Hall of Fame, and I. I I'm pretty happy for him. It's pretty pretty good feather in the cap, in my opinion. Yeah, heck yeah. That'll be fun. We were actually uh Thanksgiving and Bobo was home. So we had some uh had some fun times and we were bullshitting about like just like seeing like Michael Horton Smurf and he's getting inducted yeah. too, right? And like Smets and Miles Hare and Sparks is like all the all the people that I grew up watching on those Wrangler bullfight yes, tapes from yeah, the 80s and 90s, tapes. right? They're all, you know, Skipper Voss. All those guys are all there and a part of this deal. So I'm pretty excited just to see those guys that I haven't met and hear some stories. I'm sure they got some stories. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm going to be in Saskatoon on the 18th there. Um, I'm going to the CCA finals to watch Braden. I tried to talk your dad into coming down because you guys fly out on the 19th. Yeah. Come down on the 18th. We'll have a little pregame fun. Oh, celebrate. Yeah, you too. He's like, he's there like, fuck. Yeah, he's like, fuck. No, I, uh, I know what kind of shape I'll be in on the 19th trying to fly down there if uh, I come down on the 18th. So, uh, it was a no go. I tried. Hold on. Well, uh, Scott, you're going to. Uh, present the buckle to the junior bull riding cha- or junior steer riding champion at the CCA yep. finals NFP podcast sponsored that one. So uh, you got that handled for us, but I got your back. We'll, uh, we'll get it handled. I got to, I got to accept uh, uncle Ryan's gold card for him too in the CCA. So I'm busy. I'm going to be busy. He got a gold card. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. He got his gold. 24 K man this year. Yeah. I didn't know that either. Wow. Oh. What a, Where's the, I didn't see anything. What a weekend that. for the old guy. Holy Christ. Right? So it was funny because uh, I forget what her name was uh, that phoned me from the CCA office looking for Ryan's number. And obviously she's not uh, educated in the rodeo bull riding world. She goes, so is are you related to him? And I'm like, yeah, that's my uncle. <laughs> Never heard of him. <laughs> yeah. So she says, uh, do you have his number? I said, for sure. She goes, well, he's getting the gold card this year. And I'm like, well, mate, I don't think you should like maybe uh, tell him. Don't tell me. Does he know? So anyways, I phone- yeah, you well, yeah, I've, oh, yeah. I've, well, they phoned him right after. So I phoned him a couple hours later. I'm like, hey, did you get a phone call? He goes, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, 
gold card by any chance? And he's like, yeah. I said, fuck, I knew before you did. So it worked That's out kind of good. an old man thing. That's probably why he hasn't told anybody that. Yeah. Hey? It is an old man thing. <laughs> I'm going to tease him on Sunday, Saturday morning yeah. when you pick me up. Gold card memory. Jeez, yeah. you starting to feel old? Hall of Fame, <laughs> gold card? Like, Jesus. does that come with a walker? <laughs> Yeah, so our team's in the team series. Just to, to round back, Jason, you are looking good as the regular season with your pick of Austin in first and Missouri Thunder in last. Hey, here's what I think. I think the Missouri Thunder was tanking this year. You know yeah, why? Yeah, but with this expansion, I know exactly why. Um, John with ex- Grimber. With this expansion draft, though, their odds are not like they were a year ago well it doesn't even work like it did a year ago they've changed that it's not coming in last to get that guy um and here's the other thing whoever designates themselves for the draft they only have to ride for a team for a year under their current ea agreement right yeah so a kid like john crimber who in my opinion and you heard it here first is going to be the best of all time i don't think anybody's at that age like cody custer told us Remember when we had Cody on the pod? Yeah. The best he's ever seen at that age. At that you age, know, yeah. Cody's just stay healthy and yeah, he'll be. Yeah, exactly. There's always injuries in this, but you watch that kid ride bulls at oh, his fuck. age. Yeah. Well, what's he been to eight PBRs and he's won eight or something or yeah. nine PBRs? He's won eight challenge yeah, events. He's won, he's it's incredible. You Good know, odds. he's already put himself in a position to be on the UTB tour uh, in 2024 five. So, yeah. Uh, yeah the next coming, the next, uh, yeah. Bedard, the next Jose Vitor Lemmy. Yeah, so I'm sure that there'll be some shakeups and moves there at the end of the season to try to get that number one pick with no real no real rules behind things. There could be some moves and trades and money and all sorts of yeah. shit going on to see who can actually get uh, get that kid because he's a generational talent, right? He's going to make well, it. Well, there's, there's no question. Gamblers, right? Yeah, and you've seen what Lemmy does, you know, and let's not count out what Dalton Castle's done for that team as their number Big know, time. They're pocket aces, they call them, those yeah. two guys. Now, oh, not on a that bad note, nickname. Dow, not a bad nickname. On <laughs> that note, though, Lemme takes a huge shot in Fort Worth after uh, making Dying a his ride. Hair? Oh, huge <laughs> shot. No, he got KO'd. Oh, um, no shit. I didn't even in see round it. one, yeah. Fuck. And Castle's kind of stubbed his toe as of late, not on that streak he was mid season. So, um, I think the time off here, the next couple yeah. of weeks, get ready for the finals. But hey, they're my picks. There you go. So you're saying I nailed it, did I? Well, for the for the, the regular finals? season, but remember, Nashville was last coming in last True. year at one. So it's anybody's game at the finals, which I still disagree. I'll put a, with, but I'll uh, yeah, Missouri's not winning. Okay, Austin. Uh, sorry, Scott goes with the Arizona Ridge Riders. They're right in the middle of the pack. And last place, you have the Texas Rattlers. They are second place, third place coming in the finals. But, hey, it's all about the end of the season, buddy. And then now you start, it's how you finish, which I'm hoping for because I have the Carolina Cowboys, who are one, two, three, four, five, sixth. But I think they're going to do the old Nashville come from behind. They're going to get Boudreaux. They're going to get Sage. They're going to get all their hot shots back. Cooper Davis, they didn't really have their full roster that they had at the start of the year throughout the oh, year, injuries course, yeah. and everything that they went through. So look for them to, to really step it up at the finals. Last place, Kansas City Outlaws. But I didn't, I guess, take into consideration the Galerme Marchi effect. That would be good. Team's got to look into that, too, bringing in some different 
different vibes, shit, they got different a, coaches and shit like that. Look what they did. They this got year. a player in Casio there. Like that guy, big time. Fuck. He was right there on the MVP and didn't get on near the Bulls. Lemmy did. Yeah, they all come together. They've all been riding. You know, they yeah. they're getting uh, contributions from every rider on that team. So good for them. So the, these two new expansion teams. Any ideas on coaching staff? Like. Where are we going to go with yeah, that? That'll be interesting. Yeah. Interesting yeah, to we, see. Yeah. I, I got a little bit of an insight, but I can't, I can't discuss it. Come today. on. Oh, no, sorry, fuck. Guys. Yeah. That'll be good to watch it though. And then like the, you know, the ownership groups and who's buying yeah. in. It'll be kind of cool to see the big names that are. It is interesting it. actually on one of them for sure. Yeah. yeah. It's cool. And then rumors uh, Kid Rock being involved in one group. Yeah, but it's probably like that would make sense to the you know we've seen him at all those events at the end of the year in mm-hmm. Missouri and a couple different ones really getting involved. Fuck, that'd be sick. Kid Rock and have JB coach the damn thing. That'd be, oh boy, that'd be where you need to go. That'd be, oh. <laughs> that'd be pretty the, the last time I was at a Kid Rock concert, I didn't know what planet I was on, so oh, we'll just leave yeah. it at that. Yeah. One thing I wanted to touch on was the Elon Musk thing. Did you guys see that? He must have listened to the NFP podcast with Martine Wall and uh, jumped on the bandwagon to go down to Eagle Pass, Texas when uh, 2,500 in record setting numbers. Elon did, right to Martine's. (laughs) You sent him a pin. I sent him a pin. So that's uh, pretty wild news, but he's going down. So uh, obviously, uh, yeah, there's some big news Everybody can follow along with that. And the crisis that is going on at the borders is no joke. That's for real. So Elon jumped on board with that. It's kind of cool what he's doing with Twitter now that he's bought it. You know, there's lots of ups and downs and naysayers on it. But he's, like, really trying to say fuck the media and have, um, like, public media where you go and you use Twitter and you go there yourself and and show what's actually going on. And that's what he's doing, right? He's just doing, like, live feeds on his phone of what's actually happening so that there's no bullshit. And it's like Martin said, nobody in the media is actually following the narrative. They're just making their own narratives towards it. And that's pretty cool that he went down there and actually showed what was for sure going on. So shout out Elon. Oh, wow. Turkey. Wow. Turkey. Jason, the rights have a school coming up. That's not a bad school. If you're a Bronc rider, huh? Uh, well, I don't know. I think I'd want to hear what Cody Wright has to say. <laughs> If you want to be a bronc rider, yeah, probably a pretty good one. I see, uh, I just saw that yesterday on Instagram myself. And then Stetson's got a bull riding school coming up oh, yeah. as well. So check out their uh, Instagram kids if you want to go down. I know uh, Grady Young went down to Stetson's bull riding in May there last year, had a blast. So um, yeah, it wouldn't hurt to have uh, those boys giving you a little bit of advice. Yep. Couple of good kids too that'll be in that draft uh, that you just mentioned, Grady Young, and then he's got a good buddy, Pokey Houghton, who's a 3D athlete as well. Uh, that's fucking kicks ass. That kid's gonna be uh, one to watch for in this upcoming draft, right up near that uh, John Crimber number, top five pick in my opinion. So it's kind of cool to see this these drafts and these young guys coming in. You know, we got a lot of them coming to us, Jason, now, and uh, it's kind of the second wave of of these young guys, and I think that. Instead of all these guys trying to go rodeo for the first few years and then come over to the PBR, it's looking like a lot of them are, are like in this team series aspect, which I think is great for young kids to get under, you know, 18. You're worried. You're fresh in the game. You go to a team. You're coached by one of the legends that you've looked up to your whole life. you got six other guys or 10 other guys that have your back and are wanting you to win that 
that help you and kind of show you the ropes. So it's going to, it's going to be cool to see the the future of these young guys, maybe not jumping right into the UTBs, but uh, claiming themselves for the draft and going into the team series off the hop. It's a good, good start. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, you look like a, at what Nashville's done with, uh, with a Caden loud, you know, he, they, and they had to lean on him. They were down a man going into, I was getting, I got a phone call from Sylvan at, or Silvano at like nine 30 Saturday night to try to get somebody, you know, Brock Radford or uh, down to Nashville to compete. They were down guys. Yeah. It's bull riding. Those injuries add up. So I like what they're doing with the, with the loud kid. They obviously used a pick to invest in the future. Um, you know what? I don't know if you guys heard anything about this Bedard kid, but like, Bedard. what about the media around his first point? Yeah. And then he got his first goal last night. So it'll be all over everywhere. Yeah. Um, you know, that's the kind of talent these teams are looking for to carry their, their name and their, their franchise in, in the future. Like, you, you know, you hope you're grabbing a, like you said, a John Crimber's a Leme type, generational talent but you still there's still guys that are going to be number ones on every team right every team's got to have a number one there's only one mcdavid Um, so how do you find them and they are exhausting every avenue they can these teams like there is no shortage of eyeballs on several countries of riders it'll be interesting to see um if you see an aaron clyer come over um you know i reached out to him last year about yeah, it, it overlaps the COVID their season. Stuff. Oh, it, it overlaps and it overlaps their season a bit. But uh, hey, good news for uh, you know how we do our exchange with riders with PBR Aussies. Australia. Yeah, unfortunately, this year um, Nick is going to decline going because it's over top of Yorkton. He realizes he needs to compete at Yorkton yep. to be in the mix for a hundred for a hundred thousand. But uh, the two guys coming over, one of them is going to be old Lockie Richardson. No way. Uh, oh, no way. Yeah, <laughs> lock push for a PBR Canada title here that yep. not that long ago. So yep. uh brother-in-law to Brock Radford and and our uh, sister to live, obviously, who was a big part of PBR Canada's growth in 17, 18, 19, and 20 when she was working with us, or sorry, 19 and 20 when she was working with us. So it'd be good to see Lachlan. Uh, I haven't seen him in a while. He's good shit. Um, just got tired of traveling and and yeah. Yeah. But still rides with the best That's of them. So looking good. forward to having him. Went home to Australia. That is cool. Right on. And he kind of cut his teeth. He came over here with Jared Farley and started, got on tour through our through our PBR Canada events back in the mm-hmm. day too. So full circle. That'll be good. Good to have him back. Speaking of the team stuff, there was a podcast. I don't know if you guys seen it or not, but Cody Hart has a podcast now, which it's pretty good. He's he uh he doesn't see does? really. Cody Hart. I don't oh, yeah? uh, I don't know him at all. But uh, he really doesn't seem to give a fuck on this podcast. He lets her fly yeah. pretty, pretty steadily. <laughs> so that's one to, to check out. Um, but the one disagreement I have with him with the team series stuff, that there's like a clip of it that was going all over YouTube and stuff. And he was like calling out the bull riders for cheering behind the shoots. And it looks like you're at like a high school game. And these guys are like going crazy behind the shoots. And he's like, that's not bull riding. That's bullshit that these guys are doing that like when you're traveling down the road you, you gave your buddy a high five and a good job but you're not cheering and saying that gleason told all these guys that they need to amp it up and and uh get get your team juiced up and the only thing that i disagree with on that is is this team series is totally different it's not like you're traveling down the road like you know when me and chad Bestbug, who's on this interview coming up we're traveling together 
you weren't on a team together. So when he did good, well, yeah, right on, buddy. High five. Good for you. But he's beating you that day. You know what I mean? This team series stuff, when that guy's riding, you're making money. That guy stays on, has success. You're making money. So I don't yeah. give a shit what anybody says. When somebody's making you money, you're going to be fucking fired up. And I don't know if you've been at the Global Cups or not, but I've been a part of the team stuff. And when your team rides, you get more pumped up than when you ride yourself. Like, it is it is exhilarating. And I got all the guys' backs that are on the back of the shoots cheering and pumping and throwing their hats when their team does good because that success is your success. So I can understand exactly where they're coming from. But go check out Cody's podcast. It's pretty uh, that's pretty cool. He's had a diff- couple different guys on Let's there. Let's get him queued up. Listens. Yeah, let's get him queued up. Yeah, we should. We'll get him on. Cody here. come up yeah. to Canada before. Uh, yeah, the world champ Cody Snyder had him come up to Saddle Dome one year. Sweet. Yeah, his his give a fuck meter. <laughs> I, I think it's yeah. pretty consistent. Yeah, and I was around him a couple times um, back in the day. But yeah, because he came up here. I want to say come up here a couple times, like kind of towards the end of his career. And then you just never heard from that guy. PBR world champ, you just, they kind of never used him for anything, really. That would be a good pod. We could ask those questions. Yeah. Was he not away from PBR? Not, nothing to do with it. If you listen to the pod, it's straight up. <laughs> yeah. Fuck them. Was brother. he what, Scott? Was, was he not at the Stampede too, Calgary? I think he rode there too. Did he not? J Dub did. Oh, was it J Dub? Yeah. Road no, Sugar and Shake as a PBR shake. invite. Um, yeah. that year there used to be lots of different rules when it was sanctioned pbr in fact um and i didn't mention this yes um on the pod with fez he won the glenn keely that year we were talking about you qualified to the world finals on money one so yeah. chad had a nice little boost and he's <laughs> winning a hundred thousand right so he's probably won 120 grand that week at calgary yeah. um and he won because I awarded him the Glenn Keeley on behalf of the Keeley family at the at the PBR World Finals that year. So it wasn't even a close second. And yeah, then they changed the point to points, points the year after that. Um, yeah. Yep. Anyway, amateur hour. Before I go, got to go get my kids up. Okay. For Here's the segment. So yeah, gotta we jump. Gotta I'm going to give you my quick. I'll make it quick, short, Let's and sweet. Amateur hour. Amateur hour. Um, and I don't know who this needs to be put on, if it's the PRCA or the Governor's Cup, um, which was held the last weekend of September. It was the the final weekend of the PRCA qualifications. A million dollars added at the Governor's Cup, which is amazing. You know, the guys can ride for that kind of money. But maybe hold a hundred K back out of that and hire some stock. Um I our yeah, Zeke Thurston, and it wouldn't, it doesn't matter just because he's a 3D athlete. But when you're 78, 79, and 79 and a half on three horses at a at a rodeo that has that kind of money, that's there's something, you know, re rides each evening. Um, you know, and you get it happens to the best of them, you can come up with a re ride horse. And I've seen it at the Calgary Stampede when in the 10 round, when you're trying to put horses together, sometimes they have an off day. But that consistently with re-rides and, and average bucking horses at a rodeo of that size, hopefully they, uh, you know, if they're going to keep it going, it was the first year, but do a better job with the stock. You can't, you can't add that kind of money and neglect the 50% of the score on the livestock. It was, it was pretty amateur. There you go. 
you know, that can happen at a, like you say, a smaller rodeo or somewhere like that. Not at the governor. Absolutely. Yeah. And you can't get away with it now. The cowboy channel is. Yeah. You're fucked. You're, you're, and I, I was sending a couple texts to people. I was communicating with Zeke a little bit on it and yeah, it's just disheartening. Like, you know, and, and you're going into the NFR on money. It's not a point system to determine a world champion. Again, the spur out rule, no chance to, you can't hit a button like you can in the PBR. Um, be better. You got to CPRA. You can now. There's a button at the CFR. Yeah, interesting to watch. That'll be interesting to see how that how that rolls too. What's the Sunday scary? Has anybody got one quick before I jump? I do. Yes, Scott with the Sunday scary. Scott, come out of nowhere. I do. (laughs) Good things. Waking up, waking up at Tanner Burns' house uh, Sunday at the Cooney Cooper Memorial. And it is fucking hot out. It is 6.30 in the morning or 7 o'clock in the morning. And I look across at all those tents and fuck, there is shit everywhere. I wasn't so scared. It wasn't scary for me. But I was like, I'm out because I'm not dragging a fucking garbage bag around here picking up garbage. Tanner, you're on. (laughs) That was scary. (laughs) I left Jax behind there. He stayed. Jax and Weston were about to pull out and... And Jackson, yeah, and then Tanner caught us trying to leave and oh, yeah, stick yeah. around. Yeah, I had one of those the next Sunday after right. my 50th birthday. Oh, yeah, yeah, happy 50th. That was yeah. a Sunday scary after two and a half hours sleep, get up in the morning, you know, like people start moving around. We had a cabin full of people, and oh. my partner in the hockey business, Mr. Jeff Helperl, had misplaced his keys the night before. So we're trying Didn't to find it. keys till 5 a.m., and then he can't sleep. So he's up at 8.30 texting me. Okay, where's the keys to the hall so we can go try to find my keys? So I had to get up with them. But anyway. Sunday's scary. Yeah. That's a good one. 50th. Waking up on your 50th. Oh, Plus, did it feel different where you're like, fuck, I'm 50? Or no? Yeah, it felt the same as it did. the. When did we probably tie one on before? Labor Day weekend, we got at her. So it felt the same. <laughs> it, oh, it'll yeah. feel different when you're 50 and a half. I fucking yeah. guarantee you that. Okay, uh, full pro, Scotty. We could go to. Uh, it's kind of similar, I guess. What I have? Do you have a full pro? I don't today. I don't. I don't. Well, have one it kind of that. what reminded me of the full pro was the uh, when you started talking about it. We can we can throw this one as he's getting inducted into the Hall of Fame. Former guest of the show. I was gonna go with like the the dedica- dedication, no excuses. But I think we've kind of done that before. Of. Uh, yeah. But of our guys like Jerry and Jordan both making the the NFR and Zeke and our Canadian yep. guys and just never making excuses. No matter where you're from, who you are, you go down and, and you win. Doesn't matter what your address says. Similar to like the Calgary Stampede stuff. Doesn't matter what your address is. Just be the best. And um, so that was full pro, those guys. And, you know, Jordan had her kind of made earlier on. Jared had to grind it out those last few events. So, yeah, it was pretty pretty fun to watch that him have to go and – and not getting down on himself, he slapped the bull in California, um, where there ended up being one ride, and the guy won like nineteen thousand dollars. So you can imagine, like you're away from your family, you're twenty yeah. some hours from home, and know that you just slapped a bull, and it, you know, would have won, you know, at least ten thousand dollars to confirm you there. But no, now you got to keep going instead of getting down on yourself, keep rolling. So yeah, that was that was it. So hats off to those guys. Quick shout out to them. Yeah. Other than Jordan doesn't like my fucking Gus hat, fucking asshole. But uh, I like. It a lot. <laughs> 
But uh, we'll give it to Ryan Byrne for uh, which I didn't know till right now that he got the gold card in uh, in the CCA and then getting inducted into the Hall of Fame. First Canadian ever to go onto the Wrangler Bullfights, um, and then first Canadian to get inducted into the the Wrangler Bullfights Hall of Fame. So uh, our full pro shout out, hats off to him. We're going down there uh, a week from today is when we'll be on yep. the plane to uh, Dallas, Fort Worth, and hitting up the uh, the awards banquet, and that's a golf tournament to kick it off. Shout out to that. You can go check it out online. The original Wrangler Bullfights. Hall of Fame, I think it is, or it's the original Wrangler Bullfights. They have an Instagram page and uh, Facebook page. And it's pretty cool. I've been loving it. They got all the old pictures and, and videos of uh, 80s and 90s of all the bullfights and all the guys that were a part of that. So bringing back that piece of history, which is freaking really cool to see. So full pro going well, to him. Yeah, and, and Jason did make the comment, you know, you're getting your gold card and you're getting inducted into this Hall of Fame and stuff. And, man, you know, you're getting a little bit older, but you throw all that aside you're there for a reason. You're getting these awards for a reason. And uh, if anybody dedicated uh, a lot of miles, a lot of time and, and uh, the ups and downs of, of being a bullfighter on the road, it was him and it's well-deserved. I'm proud. And uh, I'm jealous that I'm not going with you guys. I was all teed up to go and I had to turn out at the last minute, but uh, have fun down there and uh, you know, have a drink or two and celebrate. <laughs> Me. A little celebration. Oh. You know, it's funny. I got to tell this story quick before we stop. But the I used to. So my dad is in the in the video the uh, the dance of Garth Brooks. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah. when when Lane Frost just he was bullfighting when Lane Frost was riding. So if anybody is on YouTube, go check out that video. Lane Frost gets off and then he gives my dad like a high five or a hug. So he's in that video. And you know, when you're a kid and you're like super proud of, which I still am proud of, him, but like you're a kid and like you're super proud of. Yep everything that uh that your parents can do and shit so i remember like being at school and always telling like my friends and stuff that my dad was in um a garth brooks video and they would always ask which one and i always told people it was the fucking thunder rolls video for some reason you know that mixed up between the dads and thunder rolls yeah. and yeah. then like later on in life like you turn like 15 and then you like go back and i look at the thunder rolls and it's about domestic violence and it's this guy just beat <laughs> His wife, like holy fuck, the teachers are probably like, oh my god, what the? Fuck? Yeah. But it was you're the just dad. All, he's in the yeah, you're all you're all super cool. Yeah, he's in a video. Yeah, Thunder yeah. Rolls, check it out. And they're check like, what out. the fuck is he talking about? Right? Why is he in this fucking video? Yeah. yeah. So no, that was I thought that was pretty funny. I listened to that song the other day and it brought back memories of elementary school. But uh with that, Scott, I think we're good. Jason skinned out on us. I had to get something to school. I got to do the same thing. Get my girls to school. So we're going to rip it, but uh, looking forward to showing this next interview with, with you guys. Um, Chad Bestplug, me and him traveled together through our whole Canadian uh, pro rodeo. Well, not our whole pro rodeo career, but uh, three quarters of it for sure. Me and Chad and Ty Posbon and Tyler Thompson. So uh, he's like a brother to me. It's been a long time coming to get him on here. He's now uh, part of production and uh, that all stuff we explain it all in this interview with the calgary stampede alpha bull events been through a bunch of ups and downs as i talk on here we're going to get them back uh to talk about some more of the the mental health side of things and the type positive side of things but this was kind of an intro onto chad's past and what he's up to now um but it's just kind of a i would say a little bit of a of getting into him more and uh as we progress we're gonna we're gonna get more from chad on a bunch of different things whether it be calgary stampede people have complaints and all that sort of stuff we're gonna we're gonna dive into that and how the how the cog of the stampede works 
um the type Osborne stuff mental health stuff all that sort of stuff so we got lots more from chad but this was a lot of fun and uh fun chatting with this guy so with that we'll throw it to it but this interview is brought to you by get hooked up hooked up enterprises for the biggest moments under the brightest lights in the biggest situations get hooked up hooked up enterprises is a creative partner for western sports and beyond providing customized arena wear for some of rodeo's most elite athletes and state-of-the-art arena wrap display products for some of western sports most prestigious events they're the official in arena gear of the nfp podcast find out more at www.get-hookedup.com or follow them on facebook instagram and tiktok stand up stand out and stay hooked and now our interview with Chad Bestplug. Chad Bestplug wins the Canadian Bull Riding Championship. Way to go, Chad. The most consistent bull rider is the Canadian champion, Chad Bestplug. <laughs> I always kind of knew that I'd probably be a Canadian champion one day. I didn't know how it would play out and riding all six and actually ride nine bulls in total with yesterday. I could, I'd never, never dreamed that. You know, I, when I got back in the dressing room, I got hugs from all the guys. Seeing the love that, that we have in our small community is, uh, is, is pretty touching. This moment will come and go, but but my my best buddies and those guys in that dressing room, that's something that that's more important than, than this. This was almost just a taste of what of what I think I can do, and uh, I've got the right guys around me. Um, I just can't wait for next year to start. <laughs> Our guest today is a three-time Canadian champion bull rider, a PBR World Finals qualifier, a Calgary Stampede champion, event producer the CEO of Alpha Bull, and currently runs the competition and production of the greatest outdoor show on earth, the Calgary Stampede. For a while, I even let him ride my coattails and travel with me down the road. <laughs> One of my best pals from Claire's home, Alberta. It's the Charles fucking blessing game. Chad, how are we doing today, buddy? Uh, doing well. I'll ride my coattails. <laughs> yeah. excellent, excellent intro. Did you like that? Was that all? That <laughs> yeah. was all fact, right? I took that off your Instagram, the competition and production side of Calgary. Yeah, yeah. I would say I would say I work on a, a large team that I'm a, a small part of yeah. with that. But uh, but yeah, that those are the the areas I work in for sure. Nice plug, nice plug to the bosses. I like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. there's no I in the word team. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so what's going on, buddy? I know. Um, we got you in office right now at, at Calgary where you work and uh, just finished for the day, five o'clock, just to make that clear to, to everybody that's listening. You had, you had your full day and now it's your, now it's your own time. Um, but uh, what goes on there every day? You're in office every day. This is like a full-time uh, job, a little bit different than obviously your bull riding days, but what's your, uh, what's your day to day and what's you got on the go here right now? Yeah, that's, that's funny. Cause when you, most people you talk to, they're like, well, what do you do the rest of the year? when stampede's not going on it's like well it's a fairly big project takes a little little bit of planning right like as you guys know so i would say it's it's very interesting because the stampede's very analytical about everything so post stampede we're debriefing but also like as you guys know when you do an event there's always new stuff that comes up new ideas different ways that that you want to consider doing stuff so 
that stuff starts at like right away after. And then, uh, you know, the budgeting process for the next year. So it's, uh, it's kind of nonstop. We also do corporate rodeos and, uh, and some of you stuff like we did uh, 4-H rodeo a couple weeks ago with a bunch of kids. So you're always, you always got, you always have a project on the go, but in reality, like conversation around those 10 days really never stops. You never, you never come into work without talking about something or pushing something ahead. And yeah, it's a large machine. So, you know, some things move slowly. So yeah, yeah. You just got to keep your foot on the gas nonstop with it. The convention rodeos. How many yeah. a year are you at these days? Uh, you know what? Since I got here, we've only done one a year. Uh, so it hasn't yeah. been big. And what, but, what would Chad, can you answer the question? Like what in the heyday, what would, what would they have been doing for convention? You know, I don't know, but I know it was a lot more than now because back then I'd ride in them, right? Like a lot yeah. of us would, if we were around, it was great practice. They were fun. Uh, and they did them in different locations like, uh, shit, what's the name of that, uh, historic park actually where yeah, you got married. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I know that one there one time. Yeah, yeah, me yeah too. it was very cool. Yeah. But you know, to be honest, like that was part of the reason I wanted to take this position with the this convention center that's going to be finished next year. Uh, I think it's the man. I should know this for talking about something like this, but it's like the second biggest in Canada or North America or something. So there's going to be a ton of of stuff come through that, and I think that will pick up on on these rodeos. And it's like as you guys know, once you get into this stuff, doing events is a blast so i'd like i could do them every weekend if i if i could so sure. hopefully in the next sure couple of years let's just make sure they're approved pbr but. yeah <laughs> tier one pbrs let's go yeah tier one yeah i guess that is one pretty probably common misconception people think that you work for the calgary stampede which the calgary stampede runs for 10 days and then you uh you just sit around and do nothing else so full-time job with calgary but then also uh alpha bull events once you finish bull riding we'll go back as we do with all of our guests into your uh your youth and um your fucked up childhood and all that stuff but uh the alpha bull events was a, is another big part of, of what you do day to day um you know your moose jaw dawson creek's coming up you got a few of those different events was that always something that you wanted to do like post bull riding during your bull riding career was that something that you were always thinking of was i'm gonna do this stuff in the future like this calgary stampede stuff production yeah no i had never thought about it till and it was like the last couple years i was riding it was actually the guy and i'll always be grateful to this guy he's the head of the ag society in clarison it was after i won he actually came to me after one canada in the cpra the first time and said you should put on a bull riding event here it's like i don't know anything about that um didn't think that was like the right time. And then after I went the second time, he fucked me again about it. And I was like, eh, all right, it could be fun. So I don't know. I can't remember if you wrote it that one, but it was uh, hilarious. Like I still have some video from it. The, if you see one of our events now, even if you don't see one of our events and you watch that one, <laughs> you would laugh. Like it was so, it was so bad. Like I didn't know what I was doing with anything. We actually, it was a great learning experience because we did everything like from organize the bars and, and do ticketing, like did the whole thing, which I do some do that now with my events. Right. And uh, yeah, it was half an hour. So I was actually riding in the first one. So I'm getting ready behind the shoots, but I'm also running around like, like a maniac as you can which imagine. You probably only wanted, you never did that again. Did you? Oh no, no, no. Uh, <laughs> still. Is that where I you still... rode pop evil? 
yeah yeah uh, that's where but yeah uh, we ran out of booze a half an hour before the thing even started so i had friends of mine i was pulling friends of mine out of the crowd this is in my hometown right i was like can you run to petrol's liquor and grab like i don't know like 100 cases of beer whatever you think and so but it people loved it like it was so shitty but people loved it and then after that i kind of started it so shitty. <laughs> loved it. yeah, yeah they didn't, I can, they didn't I've, I've ran out of booze before at a few events over the years but never a half hour before it started. Yeah, <laughs> <go> on. <laughs> who is who is in charge of uh, planning the booze? Uh, <laughs> For our listeners, there's a hand up and there's only three. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 It was, yeah, it was hilarious, but I did what I found kind of from that. I did love the, which I didn't also didn't expect out of myself, but I loved the, the organizing of multiple things at the same time. And, yeah, it kind of clicked. So the seed was planted there. Uh, but then I still had no plans on retiring. So I figured I'd do that the next couple of years. So we did it again uh, the next year. And then the following year had another shoulder surgery. And basically I got bored and wanted to work on a project. Like it was going to be a nine month recovery. And so I was going back and I looked at a couple of schools to go back and finish my education. And then, uh, Actually, Al Lively, uh, who became a business mentor later on, approached me and said, hey, would you want to try doing this like in a, you know, legitimate venue? Um, do you want to start a company? We'll, we'll get behind you if you do. And so I decided at that time to do it. Still planned on, on riding again, but figured I could do both. Uh, but yeah, really those guys, those, I owe those guys uh, everything. They, they set it up and gave me the opportunity. Did you ever come back riding? No. No, I didn't. Yeah. Um, I didn't. Never had like a formal anything. retirement or nothing, right? Like, no, I didn't say any. I actually did announce it at Claire So Matter event there, like the third or fourth year. Um, I kind of just needed to say it. So I was yeah. sure I wouldn't. I was fairly out of shape at that point, anyway. So I, <laughs> I like knew inside. Well, then, you know, me and I don't think you're ever done. Every time I talk <laughs> to you when you're in top shape, you're like, fuck, I don't know. I think I'm in riding shape, man. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, you heard what we announced last week, didn't you? Yeah. No. Oh, well, yeah, I did. You probably, you probably, Madison Hat, Butters is out. He's hurt. So I got a pretty good Oh, there's good spots everywhere, you. bro. There's spots yeah, everywhere. Yeah, you, you, there's still enough points. I'll protect you. You should come. You should. Todd, why don't you? Why don't you, you interrupt? Know, I'll cons- for you guys, I will consider it. I'll, I'm going to just do a little bit of stretching when we get done with this and see. Yeah, I just got to test a couple things, but I'm probably good. But I'll get see back what to pops it. and what doesn't. Yeah. yeah. Most, how many of the series? Well, how old are you pop now? Pop out. Yeah. I just turned 38. You're an 86, well, Aaron's right? 38, isn't he? 85. 85 model. Yeah. What's yeah. Roy? Aaron's wow. an 87 model. Oh, so he's only 36. Yeah. Yeah, he's two years Yeah, old. maybe you're too old, Fez. Aaron's a fucking <laughs> freak, dude. I don't know how he's still doing it. He's a legend. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah. Chad, you yeah. talked about the shoulder surgeries or the shoulder surgery. I'll go into surgeries. You had like eight major surgeries throughout your career. I remember when I was old enough to start hitting the road, you were just kind of Really, you hit your prime as I was coming into like that 20-year-old-ish year and we got to roll together and you won your Canadian champions and stuff and, and did all that. He but was, like, whoa, whoa, back this up there, yeah. Red. He was in his prime at 16. That's with, the thing. When, right? when it was called the Professional Canadian Bull Riders. Well, he claims and... a fucking Canadian championship. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> no, because he was riding, he was riding under pre- those kind of bulls 
when he was 16, which yeah, I want to get your opinion on that later on what you think of guys that are, I'm going to compare it to hockey. You don't need to rush this. You know, I don't care how talented you are. We watched Bedard last night, ironically, play his first game. He led the good watch. He led the, the Chicago Blackhawks in every category on metrics, except for one, which was face-offs, which you got his ass kicked. But how many times did he get knocked down and around the ice? And I don't think they're being real physical with him. 15 years ago, he wouldn't finish the game. Mm-hmm. I'm saying that. Dave Manson, we could get him on here and he'd agree. Mm-hmm. He wouldn't have finished the game. But I didn't mean to interrupt on that, Tanner. But No, no, I like I it. That's where that I was kind of going with it was yeah, we the were... surgeries. And let's go into it because, yeah, you were the most highly touted young guy, 16 winning Canadian championships against fucking Kelly Armstrong and all the dogs that were riding at that time. And then the injuries came into play. So do you do you look back on that and your advice maybe to like some other younger kids is to hold off? Or what's what do you what's your looking back on that side of the injury aspect of it? Um, do you look back on what would you tell them kids? Yeah, I mean, I have 100% accountability around that. I was an idiot. And, uh, or was it fucking Neil's fault? This one, this one wasn't. No, he, I think I took advantage of like he wasn't, a, he, my dad wasn't a bull rider, right? Yeah. So he, and I was a very, as you guys know, like just a kind of a little prick. And I was going to, whatever I wanted to do, I was a hundred percent sure I was right. And that's what what was going to be done. So there wasn't much. That hasn't changed, bro. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, there wasn't much that was going to keep me, but no, it was. And at the same time, like I, I always worked out. I trained, I worked really hard again. Also thought I knew everything about that. I think there are ways that I was training that likely worked against me. Um, so yeah, I mean, it was insane. You shouldn't be like, I was riding big bulls and steers when I was 13 at the same rodeos. Like, mm-hmm. what are you trying to prove when you're 13, 14? You know, that's not when, that's not when you're winning anything of, uh, you know, a value in the grand scheme of things. So yeah, I would never recommend that slow steps. You don't re- mature, you know, mentally either at the same rate, or I sure did. Right. Like, I'd have been better served, you know, in my early twenties, kind of being slowly brought along and then elevated at that point. So yeah, I don't know, it was insane. But now it's like it's kind of funny and looking back. The one thing I am proud of, like the things I was doing at thirteen, there aren't thirteen-year-old kids doing now, right? Like it's a whole sixteen and seventeen-year-old kids <laughs> doing that, though. You know, they're, yeah. they're just not. Yeah, not that they, they have tears. They have tears in the steer riding now in amateur rodeo like a b and there might even be a c pool now you know yeah yeah it's yeah it's yeah it's a different it's a different world i think we thought that uh i guess i've kind of always thought the cowboy world probably circumnavigated that uh the softness uh in society but and that's not to say there are some tough kids out there for sure but there's some it's, soft ones too, though. It, it's hit all of us. Sure. <laughs> There's some pussies out there too, Chad. You can yeah. say it. I know yeah. we got to be a little bit careful. I try not to ever swear on here because of my professional career, and I understand, but we can admit that there are some pussies out there. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Yeah. But I do think like that top end, same as always, like yeah. there's some, there some tough dudes still, still pushing ahead, but. Yeah, I don't know. I think we're seeing. I think we're seeing a crop of uh, a bull rider. Like, for example, in the PRCA right now, I don't think bull riding's been any tougher in the last twenty years, twenty five yeah, years maybe. Yeah, 
120,000 to make the NFR. And there's, like you say, lots of guys that are out that, that are NFR quali- quali- quality bull riders, right? Yeah. I think you're seeing yeah. kind of a new generation swooping in too. Like we got a lot of good young guys coming up in Canada and then across the U.S. as well. But I think there's just not as many as there as there used to be, right? There was a lot of middle of the pack guys to fill events. You'd have 50 guys, 60 guys entering events that only could hold 20 to 30 guys, right? Yeah. Now you can't fill events, right? So there's just a lack of, there. of uh, quantity, I guess. Man, oh, there's what? So the, the first PBR I ever went to was a medicine hat. It was a two-day event. Um, there was a handful of guys that rode both days, but like me, I was permanent rider. I think I maybe got in as an alternate. It was so hard to get in. There were alternates waiting around. Two days, by 75% guys that only rode one day. I was 91 and 86 and got fourth. <laughs> I was like, God damn, yeah. this is hard. I, know who was, I bet you I know who was judging. Bob yeah. and Bob. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We had a real Bob and Bob in there uh, at the Saddle Dome one night. There was 88s and they quit cheering. Yeah, because there was okay. they didn't even place. I don't think, but yeah. you know, to your point, Chad, twenty four years ago here, um, we're celebrating twenty four years in Saskatoon, and the first PBR event I did, we had one hundred and ten entries for ninety spots. Yeah, and exactly. and and a guy drove from Colorado as an alternate and didn't get on, like he drove yeah. up here as an alternate and didn't get on one just for a shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, yeah, it was it was awesome. And there yeah, was like, I remember bringing up the re-entry deal to Cody Lambert, and he thought I was insane. Yeah, yeah. And now it's it's just common practice. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, less. I mean, there's just less cowboys. In well, we're going twenty five guys now too, right? And yeah, back then we were forty five guys and ten back to the championship round. Yeah, which got yeah. long. That got long, and on a production. Um, yeah, that'd be long as fuck. Side of it, yeah, it was long. Well, it was you just buck bulls, and it got monotonous, right? It was. But it people, was, do you uh, think? Do you think though, Jason? Like people were, everything's changed a bunch. Everybody's so impatient with everything. It's like everything has to be fast and happen right now. Like back then, way before social media existed, I feel like people were just kind of happy to, to drink a beer and watch. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they had some entertainment, right? Where now, well, you guys like, went to Hills, hills like, didn't you? Didn't you ever go to Hand Hills? Did oh, you ever yeah. have to ride in the slack at Hand Hills and then in the Perth no. later? No, no. I was no, I didn't have to ride bull- in slack. I was dressed up as a bullfighter for 14 hours there one day. <laughs> they <laughs> just, that's what great. they do. And then they stop for supper at Hand Hills. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Talk about no social media and taking her easy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think probably same kind of lifestyle out there right now. So <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's, that's your rodeo, that's, isn't it? Is that still your guys' rodeo? That's a Calgary rodeo, yeah. It is, yeah. 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 yeah, I think I only rode there one time, but I loved it. It was like going back in time, right? Yeah, I love that first, area. Out there, it was too. my first yeah, pro right. rodeo. So yeah. it's, I only it's went awesome. once. I, I got my fill the first time. Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> I entered Chad at as many rodeos as me and Pazabon wanted to go to which if there was I don't know 60 rodeos in Canada we were entered at Chad 20, went to 22 69 of them yeah and Chad <laughs> would be like why would you enter me at that fucking place I'm not going there like, oh, you never know maybe you'll feel like God. <laughs> we rejuvenated him a bit though we took you you came to Maple Creek and stuff one year and and uh yeah. went, went to quite a few that you wouldn't go to but Chad was like the 15 rodeo count guy 
kick all our ass all year, go to the CFR with the least amount of rodeos, and then win the championships uh, most years. So, how to, how to pump your tires? That's just that's legit. What <laughs> how it went down? But uh, what do you what do you test like to your to your bull riding crew? Was there somebody when you were that sixteen or when you were younger? Like you say, your dad wasn't a bull rider and shit. But was there guys around there? Or was it? I don't know. There was probably before um youtube and all that shit but uh your style did you go to some schools where'd you learn your your uh skills and abilities from i mean there was a ton of people that were big influences and like as you know if you get in with the right people mm-hmm. they will want want to help you i would say like number one was my dad for sure um he put he did it wouldn't happen without him biggest thing on his end was his was the mental game he talked to my sister and i about visualization work like it was he was like training us from the time we were really oh, not to be good at yeah. rodeo so your sis really listened apparently yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> she, she's a do- she's a doctor for the friends on the pod that don't know and yeah. a two-time <laughs> calgary champ two-time yeah two-time yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 and she won canada one time as well oh, and yeah. won a ton in high school rodeo she's good like whatever she does she she's gonna be good at but not because of I would say she has enough ability, right? Like me, but it's the the effort. Nobody's gonna nobody's gonna outwork her. And that was that was all my my dad and my mom was like that. I talked my dad and I just talked strat still do to this yeah. day around stuff. But he yeah, he was a had, had a winning mindset and drove that drove that into us nonstop. And that's never ended. Um I would say like one of the and the, these are some great memories, man. It's like it's funny talking about it because you don't think about this often, but he drove that Brooks had practice every Thursday night and we drive over there and uh, Gerlitz's right. Calgary was there bucking horses, whoever Bruce Sundstrom, everybody bring their two-year-old bulls to, to buck and we get on them. And so they were great practices. Cause like Austin Beasley would be there. Kelly Armstrong would be there lots of times. Bolts was living down here. It was like all of Canada's best were in and out of that place. Chris self back then he lived right there. Mm-hmm. He was at everyone, whether he got on or not, he was there kind of mentoring and coaching. So those guys would help you, uh, yeah, they'd help you kind of analyze what you were doing right and wrong. But even back in the day, I was big on watching video. And and as far as style goes, Chris Shivers was was my biggest influence. He was the man. I'd never seen anybody that was that good at that time. So I think back then I had a couple of cassettes with a few of his rides on that. And I just watch every night in slow-mo, which was hilarious. So lots of people listening to this probably never had a VHS, but you'd have to hit a rewind button and, and then guess how far it went back. <laughs> yeah. Fast yeah. forward a bit. Hit slow. Yeah. Watch so, some yeah, it was hilarious, so. yeah but yeah, it was a nonstop back. process. Right. And that's kind of how, how my dad was with us. If you're going to do it, then you're going to have to work hard. That's the one thing you can control. So, and then I'm a psychopath with that kind of stuff too. So once I loved it, it's like, that's, that's what we did. That's all we did. Yeah. Was there a, like beforehand, like I know myself through the mind gym stuff, like when I really started to excel at a different level, like where you went from where you were to the next step, was there, was there routines and stuff that you did beforehand? Big workout guy. I remember first jumping in with you. Yeah. Mind gym, that book's legit. I remember, um, yeah, I remember jumping into uh, the truck with you and I'd just be smashing Bud Lights and Taquitos. Keystone Lights. 
just, just <laughs> taquitos from 7-Eleven and just like, you know, we'd go to eat somewhere and I just want to eat like A&W or McDonald's or something. Like, I never like diet and all that stuff, working out. That stuff was, I was like naturally talented, I think, what I did, so I never had to work at it. And then I got to another level where it was like, oh shit, that's not getting me where I need to be. And hanging out with, getting in the truck with you and Tyler, which I've always attested on this pod and everywhere, you know, it just kind of made me realize what you needed to do and what you had to do to, to be at that level. And then plus the mindset type of things. But what was your, uh, what was your pregame routine? Obviously working out and stuff, but were you going, you're a little bit of a different duck and I want to get into the mind of it. Was there some weird shit that you fucking do to, to get yourself where you needed to be? <laughs> Probably. Yeah. <laughs> I still do. For, yeah. For me. Yeah. It wasn't, uh, it wasn't about routine. Like, I mean, I did have some routines, wasn't superstitious like I think all that stuff's bullshit right mm-hmm. it's like whatever's up there but uh for me it was the uh, best man best way I could describe it is like a from the time so the day of competition this would be wherever I was whether competitions at noon or that night throughout the day is like we're you were working through that that mental process like trying to get rid of any doubts that are there and like anybody that says that didn't have any doubts or fully for me that wasn't the case there was there was going to be some doubts in there I did learn through through time that that was bullshit that was like stuff I was putting in there so it'd be flushing that out and then the closer I got and like once I had uh well shit it wasn't even a an iPod <laughs> remember an old discman yeah. I like listening to music and and yeah. and just getting in the right place like I I kind of thought of it like Especially, do you have the headphones kind of like what we're wearing right now? Like, yeah, until I eventually got some buds, and then I realized the headphones (laughs) are there. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, but eventually, yeah, by the time I got on the back of those shoots, I wanted to feel like I wanted nothing in there. I was hundred percent committed, and for me, it was like a it was a process through the day, and not that. The, the doubts were never major, but you know what I mean? Like those like nagging, like, oh, yeah. well, like you fucked up with this last week. Like, so it's just like all that bullshit. I was getting rid of that throughout the day. And I don't know, I was probably in my early twenties when I kind of had a process with that. I think before that I could let my mind get, uh, get control of me. But once I realized you can control that thing, then that, uh, that was big. So I love, actually love that process through the day, like going through that by the end. I was, uh, yeah, it was a blast. I couldn't wait for the day. Of to go, yeah. To go through that. And, and, uh, and then you feel like, like, yeah, you're undefeatable once you get back there. So that's kind of where I was trying to, to hit. Right. Yeah. So the ups and the downs of it. And like I say, you're a lot different than, um, a lot of the other bull, bull riders, especially that generation. I think, you know, when I came in, that's why I mean, you got along as we were a little bit different than uh, most everybody else. And, a lot of people thought we were probably a little bit fucking weird or a little bit fucked up. Um, but uh, was there a lot of that that you had to to deal with with um, the guys? And I know when you like when you came in and you were kicking ass, and then you like went to Indonesia or some fucking place for a while, and everybody same thing before social media, and everybody's like, "Oh yeah, he's on a runaway." Yeah, whatever. You know yeah. what I mean? Like you just you were unpredictable. Uh, people didn't really know how to take you. 
did that ever hinder you or did you ever feel alone, you know, traveling kind of by yourself and even those like veteran guys looking down? I know that like there's some young kids that come in that it's like they do things a little bit different and it's it's different than what everybody's seen over the years and what you were taught to do. So it kind of you kind of push away from it, right? You're like, what the fuck is this guy up to? But then like you when you're winning and kicking ass. But was that the situation kind of for you? Honestly, I didn't really give a shit. <laughs> At the yeah. time, it's like, hey, well, I, I want to hear my... about Indonesia. I forgot about that. How old were you? Well, that's up and cruised uh, off, or did you I've plan 20... it? No, I planned it. So it was actually, and that would be a, a, tel- a game of telephone on the phone. Um, I, I'd actually had a shoulder surgery and I wasn't ready to, like, I was, I still have like four months of recovery. So I was healthy enough, I could do stuff. And I was always curious. So I wanted to see parts of the world. So I took off. But yeah, that was not during the time they could have been riding bulls. I was, uh, yeah, I was basically yeah, doing physio, trying to get in shape. So I do not have great stories from that trip. There's a couple, but for the most part, I was, uh, yeah, I, I was running. Like, did you just wing it? Like, did you have it when you landed? You didn't know really where you were going? Not really. Yeah, because you didn't have a phone. So uh, you yeah. figure it out, though. You figured. Yeah, yeah, out. of course. Well, they're, they're yeah. cowboys. That's what we do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but it was yeah, honestly, I was just like, I was curious about the world and wanted to go. And I had, I think it was like a four month window till I could ride again. So I was like, yeah, I'll go over there, run on the How beach. long did you go for? It was just over a month, maybe 40 days, something like that. Did so, you have a return ticket bought or did you just kind of? Yeah. Yeah, 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 it was fine. Like I didn't, yeah, I didn't just jump on a flight that morning. So were you so, like in hostels? Is that what they called them? Hostels? Uh, no. I had a little, little bit of money at that time. So I got, I got like decent little, maybe like little huts on the beach, but yeah, they'd be like the equivalent of 25 bucks a day today, like in our money. So oh, yeah, you could do it. You could live cheap. Now, did healthy. you have a lock on your door, on your grass door? Was there a lock on that? Thing? <laughs> I probably, yeah, I, I wouldn't even thought about that. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. Uh, but so, yeah, no. uh but yeah like being yeah you were you were a lot different and that's kind of like what drew me to you too it was like a different mold and uh thinking outside the box it was just like we clicked in that sense because we were both different yeah because you were so normal because that's what i mean <laughs> i had fucking hair down to here and like to have a good time and uh mindset wise it was just yeah we were just like different and yeah. then you were with tyler at that point which you wouldn't expect like tyler thompson to be the guy that would like take me and chad under his wings and pause upon and be like, Hey, let's hang out guys. <laughs> Cause he seems to be the opposite, but what drew you to him too? Well, I think like, just to go back for a second, I think some of the stuff you're talking about too, like some, some of it's surface level. Some of it is, we're just different. We think different. Yeah. We're weird. A lot of that stuff's the cool stuff, right? Like you realize that later on. I realized that fairly young. Um, but I do think like, there's some of the stuff that's just surface level stuff. Like it could be shit. It was as small as like what kind of music we listen to where for you and me, like any kind, give me any kind of music. I'll, I'll probably like it. Show me some, right. Where for a lot of these guys, it's like same restaurant every day, same music. And it's like, I don't know. I get bored with that. And uh, I think the thing about Tyler and same as you and I is like, we're more interested in who that person is deeper in there. Like what's in there for real. And and the rest of it, I don't know. I'm, I'm a curious person, so I want to hear new music, I want to travel places, want to experience stuff. So I think, uh, man, I think, yeah, he, 
that's why I bonded with Tyler. Same as you. Yeah, Tyler would draw people in. I can see that with Tyler's personality for sure. Yeah. Because you'd, you'd want to be in the fucking truck with him. You wouldn't want him to be driving over you with his truck because he might do that. Yeah. Like having a winning mindset, being tough mentally, that's what, what he's all about. And and I don't know, beyond that, like that's still to this day is the most kind of important stuff for me with who I'm going to hang around. And yeah, and he, he likely spotted that and was awesome. Like, man, I loved Love the years traveling with that guy. Yeah. And then uh, I liked our, our Hell on Hooves days, man. That's the funnest shit. <laughs> Looking back on it, we were just, let's go, baby. Thought we were taking on yeah. the world. Um, yeah. But looking back on it now, uh, with the memories, you know, I, I, we're going to do a couple parts to this this pod with you, and I want to go back and do a, a full Ty Pazabon um pod and talk about uh, him and, and the life and the travels that we all got to go through and kind of some insights of, of uh you know really what went on with him and and within our circles and stuff but uh the good times of the the hell on hoops days when we had ed ed sedgwick traveling with us the cameraman from uh toronto and that whole oh, crew yeah, oh man ed. looking back like do you ever go back and watch those videos and and laugh what's your thoughts back on the old hell on hoops days <laughs> <laughs> yeah i actually did that's funny you bring that up well, I might have sent you one of the clips, but it popped up on my YouTube feed. And so I fell down a rabbit hole watching that stuff. And yeah, it was hilarious because you could tell with all of us, we thought we were the shit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was so cringy. Like I got a kick out of it. So I watched it. But I was like, oh, yeah. But looking back on this is here for everything. And we got like so many good memories too of videos and stuff of Ty and shit. That's fuck yeah. I don't forget that one bit. Yeah. That was a lot of fun. But that is funny you say that because we did. We just thought we fucking <laughs> ran the around the yeah. world. Yeah. And you'd go that play that went places too. Like you'd go uh, down in the states and all over the place. And they're like, Oh yeah, hello noobs, man. Yeah, like, yeah bro. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> man, probably the best part of it though is, is that cameraman Ed. Oh, I yeah. love that guy. And he's, Where did we see him? He come. Well, he Saskatoon. showed up at an event somewhere. Was it South? Yeah. Yeah. That's right. He lives in Saskatoon. Yeah. yeah. Game, oh, yeah. He'd come to the school. Hello he to everybody. Yeah. Got on some. He's spheres. doing really well now. Yeah. He's kicking ass. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He was yeah. a wildcat in them days. Remember when we were flying? <laughs> oh, we were flying from Calgary or somewhere to Williams Lake. And uh, the only person that almost <laughs> missed the flight was our cameraman, Ed. And he was in rough shape. <laughs> yeah. That was, uh, yeah, that was rugged. And then I think it was right before he got sober was he came to, to your clinic and we made him ride a, ride a steer, ride a bull or something. Yeah. And I ran the camera. <laughs> oh yeah. He's a legend. Uh, he came to Disneyland with us too. Fuck. That yeah. Did. Yeah. What a legend. Oh, well, let's talk about that. That's a, that's pretty interesting. Chad's standing on stage with his $50,000 check. Yeah. And the infamous was question. What? Was it hundred then? It was a hundred. Yeah, hundred yeah. grand. Hundred grand. Yeah. Shit, I don't want to cut you short there, dude. <laughs> Standing on the stage with this hundred thousand dollar check, and it was the infamous question, right? What are you going to do? Yeah. And you guys had discussed it before, right? Whoever won, you guys were going to treat each other to Disney World. Yeah, Disney but World. it was. Here's the thing about it: it was a joke. So, Pazabon and Krusty wanted to go. We're talking about it. One of us wins. So there's the three of us and Tyler. We're going on a trip somewhere. Where are we going to go? So they're like 19 years old at this time. They're like, we want to go to Disneyland. 
<laughs> Anybody that knows me knows I'm not Disneyland kind of yeah. person, but I'm like, whatever. I don't give a shit about this conversation. I'm not taking you guys anywhere if I win. <laughs> but then in the moment, I'm on stage, and I think I'd watched Tom Brady said it after he won his first Super Bowl. And I think that used to be a deal if you were the quarterback of whatever team won it. You they had a deal with Disneyland. It was like some promo thing. So anyway, I was in my mind and they asked what I was going to do with the money. And I was like, I'm not going to give a serious answer. So I was joking around. Me and, my, me and my boys are going to Disneyland. Well, then it was the next day, somebody from Disneyland had heard it and they were going to hook us up. So then it's like, okay. we. So they called you, They which wouldn't have been easy. They couldn't find you on Instagram back then. <laughs> no, well, they contacted Stampede. And then they, Stampede? Okay. Yeah. And then they, they contacted us. So, of course, at that point, we're, yeah, we're going to go. Oh yeah, but it was hilarious. I guess. The day we go there, Tanner, like you'd flown down early, I believe you were there already. Yeah, Oswald and I were coming from somewhere else, and we flew in while we were we were drinking beer the basically yeah. <laughs> the whole day. There was like two flights from where we were coming from. That's so we show up there. We're at the we're at the whatever. Like what would that? Do you remember what that hotel was? It's on like it's on the park. It's like the oh, hotel. Yes, the Disneyland hotel. It's like Disneyland hotel. So there, yeah, we're in. Yep. We're there. <laughs> each got us <laughs> our own room. <laughs> yeah, yeah, got each of us our other. So anyway, we get there. Tanner, I can't remember where we met you, but it's like all three of us basically, and everybody is living large at this point. Keep in mind, it's all kids and like families at this place. Yeah, we run up to the room get our trunks on because there's like a big pool slides and everything in like in the in the center of this place and we come running down and just flat out run i remember so i was probably a little more conscious of what was going on (laughs) kind of looking around like parents are scared because there's these three like (laughs) yeah three grungy cowboys just running and they we just run and cannonball into this place i remember some parents kind of grabbing their kids and scuttling them (laughs) But yeah, yeah was, I would have been. What was your hair looking like then? There, cinnamon dick. I think no, I was great. in my responsible days. I think I was. Oh, it was, my it was cleaned up then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think yeah. I don't know because you could have scared some kids back in the day. Oh yeah, hundred percent. And then Trent just yeah. demolished his room, and then ended up having to stay with me the whole time. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. You guys get your own room. You've been sleeping in a truck together for how long, right? All three of you, and then yeah. you get your own rooms. This is like, yeah. oh yeah, we're living now. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that was fun. Chad just straight party pooper though. Disneyland was not the place for him. He didn't like. You came out of the room like twice, and me and Trent just we had <laughs> yeah. the fucking fast tracks and everything, and then we'd come back to the room, and he'd just be laying there watching TV, ready to go home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I did not. I don't like lineups or crowds, so unless they're at my events. Yeah, yeah, not the truth. No, not for you. I loved it. I went back like four times now. That's my favorite place on earth. So really? Oh yeah. yeah. Every time we were in Anaheim, I'd go. (laughs) Me and Megan, full crew. Uh you won the the Canadian championship, and that was later on in your career, 26, 27-ish years old. We talk about the surgeries, but I remember that that time and Rexall and like the the vibe and everything that was going behind it that's got to stand out as probably some of the coolest moments of your of your bull riding career right I remember being on the back of the shoots and like you say we had the the camera crew following us and there's Tyler and Shifter and like you know it's bull riding like bull riding was bull riding right everybody was was running for that title maybe it's because we were younger I don't know but that's got to stand out as one of the the coolest moments of your career yeah, it seemed it seemed awesome. Like 
the especially that first year so because there were well I rode all my bowls but remember I had that day where I kept getting on rides so actually one of the coolest moments because that place was packed uh, in those days right big built like at that age I hadn't ridden in in a venue like that outside of Calgary but up there it's intimate everybody's right there it was fucking um, awesome cfr and yeah uh, hey it was, Lands, every, it was fucking awesome yeah it yeah. seemed like uh yeah it was a it felt like a really big deal but actually the coolest moment through that was that day i kept having to get on those rides, and the last one they had to empty the building before i got on and so of course like the last people left there are all my good friends so it's all you guys all my rodeo friends but then i had like seven or eight good friends from Clark, so I'm still friends with to this day that all stuck around. So, and I did end up riding that one. Big moment. Obviously you're not getting the big payoff cheer that, that we were so used to, but just hearing those guys was like that, man, that was one of the coolest moments. Having that did one of them empty. Did one of them turn out to be an eye doctor? No, I don't think so. There's an eye doctor here, right? Like seriously, a nine iron from my house in the clinic. And I was over there, I don't know how many years ago this was. And he's like, uh, I don't even know if I was wearing a butt. I don't even know how we get to talking. He's like, yeah, you know Chad Bestbuck? I said, yeah. He goes, yeah, he's my buddy. And I can't, I, I can't remember. About. Yeah, I can't remember. I can't remember the... his name either, but I knew him in college. Yeah, yeah, he's that's what it was. I've been college. Yeah. He said he went to college with you. Yeah, yeah, small world. Real good buddy. So yeah, those times. Real good buddy. Can't remember his name. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, those moments, and then we just fucking rock and roll and head to the West Edmonton Mall with like thirty thousand in our pocket. Just yeah, let's go rent a sports room or one of those theme rooms at the West End and have us about three four days of a good time. (laughs) (laughs) That was hilarious. I like that we got a sports room every year. Split it. (laughs) I think it was always available because it was the shittiest one. <laughs> it was the shittiest one. How many days would you guys hang out for after? Many a couple of days. Man. Yeah, yeah nothing else to do. Were you doing yeah. the samurai or whatever the hell it was called for dinner? Oh yeah, so on the Sunday. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Japanese village. Japanese, Japanese village. village. Yeah, I only yeah. did it once, and it was it was I didn't getting drunk on sake and eating that food just didn't. I'm just like, honestly, guys, why are we doing this? And we kind of broke that tradition and <laughs> did other shit. But it went back. They still do it. It's not that place anymore, but they still do no, it. No, I heard they, they, have a party heard they got in trouble one year and then. They did. Been, Didn't yeah, somebody go through the window? Sounds right. Uh, yeah. Sounds I feel like Shifter went through a window, didn't he? <laughs> At Oil City or one of those places? Yeah. I yeah. I don't, I don't know. know. I, Maybe not. That might be not. Yeah, let's. No, <laughs> no there were some windows serious. broke. There, let's start a. Yeah, let's start, let's start a No, we did it. We like, a, they do we it get, still. We get, like, still have the party bus. We'll have 100,000 fans on this one listening. So we might as well start it. We can start a good story. Start any rumor we want. <laughs> CNN does it every day. Yeah. So does CBC. Why can't we? Uh, you kind of, you know, later on, right? Like, I was done riding bulls by the time I was 27. You started really hitting it after well you hit it when you were young and then all those surgeries and stuff didn't know how you're gonna go and then you come back at like that 26 27 win a couple canadian championships and then um we started going south you ride charlie bullware in clovis california i remember and that year i think you rode unabomber and vermilion rode like everything that you could ride and got on tour that was back when it was on money one and you and posbon were on tour at the same time which couldn't have been any fun at all 
But I remember, you know, always talking to you guys and and wishing I was a part of that group and you guys being at the highest level also has to stand out as some of the coolest moments of your career. Yeah, because I think our first event on tour was, yeah, was the same one, right? So we were, we'd already been traveling together, hanging out a bit, but yeah, it was was an incredible, incredible time Um, being around him. And he was you know what, I'll take that back. I think he might have already been on tour for a few events, but obviously he he was already in the locker room. The guys already loved him. He'd already yeah. like whooped some ass. So, and he was like noticeable, right? The first time you'd see him back then, uh, you were like, this guy's something special. So it was an easy kind of in with, in with everybody. And then, yeah, at that time there were no worries. There was no, nothing to come home to. So we just, yeah, we just stay down there where we were. So it was, uh, yeah, it was a blast. Those were, those were some great times. And, and, uh, it was, it was really cool watching him at that age too. Cause he was like, man, his eyes were bright when he'd show up to a small event in Canada. So going there, he was like, Oh shit, can you, can you believe what's going on? <laughs> okay. Settle down, man. <laughs> but yeah, he was, it was just, it was a blast. Man. Fun, funnest times ever for sure. How old would Ty be today? Uh, seven years younger 30 what well, uh, 30. 32 yeah it'd be 32 yeah. this year this november yeah he had uh he had mooney's id i remember when he came back he was like <laughs> 18 and then he'd have his 21 year old id like yeah it's yeah, yeah sick <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, and i remember you guys both made the world finals and uh and uh i was like i remember i was out in the field hauling bales in it was around like this time right october the finals used to be and uh and both of you like texting me complaining because you hadn't rode one yet and it was like the worst thing in the world i was like you motherfuckers i'm gonna skid steer hauling bales right now and you're complaining about falling off bulls at the world finals perspective man perspective but did you guys have a bet like i remember like low story where those guys laughing later on because you guys were betting each other who could just stay on the longest at some point like halfway through <laughs> yeah yeah i can bet i can take them a little bit to understand our sense of humor down yeah. there hey? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah definitely um speaking of title i want to get into it chad the Thai pausebon legacy is that what it's it's yeah. called right Thai pausebon legacy pbr coming up we got to get into that um looking at it me and you have chatted on this and and talked about having this event and yeah it's taken this many years seven plus years to even like fathom that we were going to do something in his name and and um you know with luke and leanne's approval all this different stuff that that comes into it which comes with loss man we all on this podcast know loss and and how much it does fuck with you right and and now to have this event coming to fruition coming up um what's the thoughts man you excited was it's been a long process i'm sure a lot of ups and downs highs and lows lots of memories probably floating back uh as they do with myself as well but uh let's get into it man the legacy pbr what are we uh looking forward to on it yeah i mean yeah it's a long story man i'll just back up for a minute on it uh so right when i started my company ty and i were gonna do or i was gonna start producing the the ty possible invitational so we were actually two weeks away from announcing when when we lost them. So obviously it didn't go ahead that year. Then fast forward to 2020, spring of 2020, we actually did announce it. We were planning it and did announce it. And two weeks later, the world shut down. So canceled it again. 
So it's one of those things we just kept getting not going to happen, not going to happen. Finally, yeah, this year we were able to, to get everybody on the same page. Uh, the opportunity was there. So, so we moved ahead with it. So this is kind of one of those, I'm pumped about this event. It's going to be a blast. And, uh, but it's like one of those, that's like a long time coming. There's a lot that went into it. And, you know, a lot of people that it, this whole thing affected. And I think this is a positive way to bring all of us back together around the one thing that, that we have in common, like our love for, for bull riding and that's Ty's family included. Uh, this whole thing happening has not made them hate bull riding. They still love it. Same as, same as you and I, I think maybe we were like a little bitter for a bit. I hate it but, for a bit. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. But that, that definitely turned around. So for me, like when I'm working on this thing, I like, I'm, I have a smile on my face. Like I can't wait get all my friends in the room, everybody from Merritt's coming out. Like, you know, everybody right. we care about is going to be in that, in that same room at that same time. So for me, it's about more than, I mean, we're going to, we're going to put on a great show for everybody. Uh, for me personally, though, it's about having, you know, having our people in the same rooms, but celebrating Ty's life. So yeah, it's exciting. I'm, I'm excited. Yeah, it'll be good. It's like, it's kind of like we do at the banquet as well. Right. It's like, the somberness of of uh, why we're all here and everybody knows that but it's a celebration it's a celebration of of who he was what he was able to accomplish and what he would want us to be doing you know and and having a great time and putting on a great show and guys kicking ass and um same as the banquet right it's you don't want to you don't want to be sad you want to live in his honor and fucking have fun like he would have done right so i yeah. think that's what uh that you know it's it's one of those it's a catch-22 in the sense right because it's hard to to put your mind to it and and to go forward with it due to the sense of of it feels like a sad occasion but it's the total opposite of it right it's you can either sit there and be sad about it or go and celebrate the one thing um that you know lots of people are wondering you're not in merit ties bull ride used to be in merit um i know that this is with luke and leanne's approval for it being in calgary but what was the reasoning on it uh moving to calgary I mean, the big thing is in the position, working at Stampede, for me to put together an event that far away um, that requires that much attention logistically was was not going to be possible. At the same time, connect I have the, the connections in this area to to get the money together uh, that it requires to to do a production that this thing needs. And also, Ty has fans everywhere, right? Like their his support base, like well you know, right. It's mm-hmm. Saskatchewan, BC, Alberta, Manitoba, all over the U S like my guess is there's going to be people coming from, from all corners for, uh, for this thing. So, so yeah, I think it works well. Central it's cowboy country works for, works for Ty. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm looking forward to it. We're going to fly in and then uh, we got Saskatoon obviously the next day. So fly in and out, but there's lots of hype around it and tickets, right. And stuff you can find them online. Where are they? Where do you yeah. get tickets for this ordeal? Ticketmaster. Going good? Ticketmaster. Yeah. 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 We're, uh, man, it's going to be a lively crowd. So, I'm, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Be fun. Yeah. 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 Yeah, Chad, 100%. I think that's going to be cool. And, and it's something, like you said, it's been a long time coming. It's going to be cool. And I think it's going to be great to have, um, 
as long as well as the Type Positive One Foundation Banquet, this bull riding, um, a few things throughout the year that we can make annual events in Ty's honor and and celebrate who he was because he was such a, a special person and to us, especially, right, just getting to travel and live with him and, and do all that. And just to, to so many people, right, everybody feels like they were his his best friend and, and knew him better than everybody else, right? And that's what happens when you're when you're that prestigious and that you're that type of person, right? Everybody wants to to tie on to you. And this is a good way that everybody can come and, and show their support. So looking forward to it as well, Chad. Uh, we can't, we can't uh, flow over any of the stories of, of, of our past. We had a lot of great times out in BC with, uh, with Ty and his family and Luke and Leanne. They were always so great to us. And we'd go there and just fucking wreck shit at yes. their place. And I remember Ty, uh, freaking we'd he'd go we'd be gone for like months and we'd show up and it would take like all of 10 minutes for Luke to just be cussing his ass he'd fucking <laughs> knock a tire off the Kubota or wreck the fence or we'd have bulls bucking something break something and oh man so many good times but you remember I remember the one trip like this is kind of when we first really started to to get to hang out and get to know each other it was me and you and Tyler or uh Jared Craig and yeah. uh Bonner Bolton Bonner. Ted, remember Greasy Ted? Ted was Jasper. Jasper, yes, yeah. Ted was just starting to like do the do the media stuff. Remember he had his camera. We recorded some Pink Floyd in the in the hotel the one night. And man, those were some (laughs) of the best times of our probably lives. Hey, no worries, no nothing going on. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was hilarious. Because yeah, zero responsibilities. Just oh, you have a week. What are you going to do with it? Well, it's up to us to we're going to sit around or we going to go do something crazy so yeah the revelstoke one is hilarious <laughs> like we do you remember that cabin we got it was like nice it was really nice it's beautiful ted, that was ted wi-fi world champion that was like oh yeah we make him do everything before yeah, airbnbs and shit he figured yeah, out yeah. how to rent like a house for us all and it was yeah. like yeah we had no idea how to do that he did and that. poor ted because we just he just got hammered from <laughs> all of us non-stop right but he still stuck around for it uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but yeah, that one. Okay, so I'll set this up, and then you tell like the brutal part of it. <laughs> but we're we're in Revelstoke, which is a I'd say like pretty advanced ski hill. I don't know for us especially, right? It's oh, like yeah. you yeah. and me, and then three. You guys were pretty good. Axes. Yeah, you were pretty solid. You were definitely better than all of us. I was so. solid, but I'm like, yeah. yeah, I'm like I'm average, right? And uh, so <laughs> we actually had a hilarious picture. I deleted. I so regret this on the Instagram. It's us pre-gaming in the in the parking lot before we go up there it's yeah it's it just basically explains the whole day but anyway we make a game plan we're going to the top and so i was like what those guys up they're like we went to rio dosa in new mexico i was like this is not rio dosa in new mexico like you guys are gonna die they're like no we're going to the top all right let's go to the top so we get up there and it's one of those days where it's like a little foggy so you don't really have you know like the same depth perception so I went down first, off the chairlift, very top, go down first. And even I, like, I didn't see the cab track. So I went blasting off it and crashed. And, and so I started like yelling up, like, hey, slow down, don't go. T-. Nobody can hear me, of course. So first guy comes off and they just like go flying. And they're not, like, I was kind of being cautious going down there. Not, they're just <laughs> flying off it. And uh, yeah, and then anyway, you eventually come, go just gangly ass arms uncoordinated <laughs> back then yeah, <laughs> and take a spill yeah and then you started like holding your shoulder like ah oh, my shoulder hurts and we're like 
you know, we got a full day to go. We just started, so suck it up. <laughs> now let, let you wiped out the first run. Oh, first, dude, I first ten I'm seconds. I've still worn like three times in my life and decided to do it on uh, Revelstoke after, like Chad said, pre-gaming in the parking lot for quite some time. Yeah. And but Jason, just... it was like a, it was a, it was steep, and then there was a cat track. So and it was foggy, so if you could see it, you know, to slow down, get over it. Yeah. Turned into just a massive jump for. <laughs> 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 well actually jason you'll like this because you would have been producing abbotsford that's where we were going and um and so yeah I, I fucking hurt myself pretty good broke my collarbone and i think i separated my shoulder and a bunch of different shit well i couldn't admit that to like my mom and dad at the time <laughs> so did you get on oh yeah, yeah i got yeah. on one and got dusted then got up and i'm like oh like i've like acted like it happened there. <laughs> oh, it, it, happened, <laughs> it happened on the snowboarding hill before that. Uh, yeah. So that I couldn't have to explain to my dad that I'd actually got hurt on the snow <laughs> on the hill. I think you snowboarded the rest of the day though, because uh, we wouldn't like nobody was gonna give any sympathy, right? No. And every once in a while you just have to sit down and be like, ah. and then you get up. <laughs> hey, I never hey, quit on a good time. Is that the same year that you got kicked out by security? Have you told that story on here yet? Uh, no. Kicked out of where? Uh, Abbotsford. Yeah. Abbotsford. No, no, no. But I'm. I'd love to this hear. This is it. awesome. I don't know if that was the uh, if that was the same year or not. I think it might have been a different year. Another well, like obviously every time we went to BC, it was just a fun time because we'd be at Posse's for a while. And anyway, long story short, same thing. Abbotsford. Uh, well, we should get Tyler on here to tell the full story on this, which he is going to come on. But me and him, we like I used to try to fight him all the time because he was the big tough guy and he'd always just beat me up. And then the the night before this, we, we really got into it and he ended up following me to my hotel room and really like, oh, I thought I he, I thought yeah, he you, broke you, every you told one of this my story, ribs, but not on, not the not full on here, one. though. Yeah. And I mean, like beat me up and then fucking didn't just beat me up like i was in a ball thought i broke every rib that i had and he grabbed my uh, straw hat and crunched it up into a ball and then threw it at me <laughs> but then he ended up sitting beside me in the hallway and we had like a heart to heart and then we ended up traveling together for the rest of our <laughs> careers after that <laughs> so we ended up becoming like best friends um but so the next day i wake up and i'm like hurting unit and hung over and like booze blues and feel like shit like why do i have to be so and, and try to fight tyler yeah and i'm beat up and whatever so <laughs> And then uh, have, a, have a full day and then go to the bull riding and I'm in the center alley and I got this hat that I crunched out of a ball and just put back on my head and I had my long hair <laughs> and orange chaps. And, and so we all get into the center alley for the intros and they're just about to, you know, the fireworks and shit start going off. Hey, and, Tanner, can I set this up a yeah. little bit first? So yeah. you just, yeah, scrunched hat, but so he has red Afro chaps. He has orange chaps that are like, half a foot too short his pants are too short he looks r ridiculous <laughs> in a hilarious way and not uh, like that was just how you right everything was too short yeah. your hair was too long <laughs> wasn't good <laughs> yeah it's all help later so i'm standing at the back like at the very back so i'm just trying to hide out right i'm just like feeling like shit like an idiot and um and the security guard comes over to me and there's like four other ones that are with them behind him. And I look up and they're all right in front of me and they're like, Hey, are you a bull rider? And I was like, yeah. And they're like, no, you're not. And grab me by both my arms and start hauling me out from behind the chutes. Start carrying me like over the At Abbotsford. This is in Abbotsford. Yeah. To kick me out of the thing. 
So what happened was Tyler, once again, not letting me live my shit down, called over security right when the intro started. And the security guard comes and he's like, what? And he's like, there's a guy back here that's about to walk out in these intros that is not a bull rider. And they're like, who? And they're like, he pointed at me. And they're like, oh, yeah, that guy's not a bull rider. <laughs> I never heard that story ever. How did I miss this one? That's a, that's awesome. Yeah. And so he let them carry me like a, a ways, like had me out of there. And then he's like, oh, you know, I'm just kidding, guys. He's actually one of us. <laughs> big <old ball>. <laughs> <laughs> uh it's all good though good times but we'll get tyler on he likes that one because it's yeah boosts his ego because he's he, got uh, he definitely took it to me so we'll get him to tell that one the full one he'll have way more because i remember multiple bitch fights like it was a jason for a good year it was non-stop if we went anywhere there was gonna be there's gonna be a bitch fight yeah. hotel room fight there's something something was yeah. gonna happen but he, yeah, he was usually like, too hard yeah. yeah, you were never a fighter. Yeah. Didn't you fight Turkey one time though? Uh no, not really. We we got into not a not an actual fight. We just did a, did a one of these, but we both we were in college. I don't think we'd cut our fingernails of any. We both <laughs> cut each other. So we're bleeding. <laughs> okay, Chad. Um, we've held you for quite some time here, and like I said earlier, we're gonna have to to do this again. We got so much stuff to to go into through all the years and um you're definitely a guy that i i want to get back because there's some more in-depth stuff that that we want to get into um you know when the when the time is right with uh the some of the behind the scenes stuff and all that stuff that you know we all went through with ty and uh you know kind of a dedicate an episode to to ty and do that in a sense so definitely be hearing more from you it's good to to break the ice with this first one to to let the let the viewership know of uh, of our traveling days and and your backstory and and you know it's pretty cool to see now where you're at and what you've been able to do after a career of bull riding because as we know uh, that can go a lot of different ways for for guys that ride bulls for a living or guys in any professional sport, right? Once you uh, once you kind of retire from the thing that you've known since you were three years old, it's a, it's a bit of a tough thing to to try to to move on to something else. And it's a lot of struggles that a lot of guys have. So it's pretty cool to see that that you've been able to to do what you got to do. You got to feel proud to to be a part of the Calgary Stampede organization and and Alpha Bull and everything that you've been able to do since then. Yeah, you know, honestly, just yeah, grateful. A ton of opportunities that have have come my way over the years, and especially in that transition, I would say the same about you. Not to pump our tires too much here, but uh, but <laughs> you're, I know you and I had a <laughs> you had a lot of uh, we had a lot of conversations around your transition from from riding into fighting and what you're doing after. And I think the one thing remains the same with you and I, and like talking about you, me, Tyler, uh, Ty, when we were together, is whatever we're doing, we're gonna we're going to try to do it to the best of our ability. And we stay dedicated to that. It's like easier said than done. Uh, you know, and mm-hmm. there's a lot of risk that comes with taking chances, uh, like producing events, fighting bulls, like all this stuff. And I think we're probably those type of guys. So yeah, I don't know. Definitely a lot of opportunities and a lot of really good people around me. I think it's a, one, maybe one of the big things we learned from our career is like you surround yourself with good people you treat them good man you got a team right there you can do a lot with that yeah definitely jump in head first and go at it and a lot of people see like the the successful side of things and think that it just came overnight right there's so many trials and tribulations and so many terrible sleepless nights where 
when you're putting your balls on the line, you never know what's going to happen. It could go one way or the other, right? But without risk, there's no reward, but there's there's definitely the, the hard times, huh? Yeah, like we were talking the other night. Uh, people see the really cool stuff you do. It's mostly shitty. Like mostly <laughs> you're, you're struggling, yeah. you're working. I, I shouldn't say there's a lot of positive to the process, but man, if you're going to do something like try and ride bulls for a living and fight bulls or put on events, man, you're going to go through some real struggle in the end though. Like, you know, you and I talk about this all the time. So we're reiterating this, but it's like all of that bad stuff is actually the good stuff. That's what makes you tough enough. That's what sharpens your mind. That's what makes you realize like, yeah, I can, I can do that. I maybe don't think I can, but I know in there I can. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a, there's a there's a lot more I guess like darkness to it I think than a lot of people think but um, but the right mindset doesn't keep that dark forever it's dark for that time period and yeah you build on that and it's uh it's cool to be on the other side of some of that now the challenge is like I'm 38 so I got a lot of work left to do so there'll be a lot more disappointment failure all that but like the one lesson we learn through our riding careers is we can overcome that. Right. So that'll come and go and we'll keep moving forward. But yeah, I like it. I like it a lot, dude. That's good stuff. Uh, the <laughs> one that I got for you that we ask everybody on the podcast, which I think you've, you've, you've talked about it a bunch of times already of what it means to you, but there's no resume tour that we're, we're all kind of on in this lifestyle we have our take and, and the podcast of what uh, hashtag NFP is, but Chad, best book, what does hashtag NFP mean to you? I mean, it was hilarious when you asked my mom this question and she <laughs> figured out the answer. Yeah. <laughs> A couple words I've never heard her say before. So that was, that was interesting. <laughs> uh, I mean, it, it basically means the hardest thing in front of you, you have to do that. No excuses. For as long as you possibly can. So that's my interpretation. You can get my mom on here if you want her to yeah, say <laughs> say it. No, that's <laughs> okay, buddy. No, we appreciate you. Like I said, we're gonna do this again because there's lots of different uh uh ins and outs. You know, I wanted to talk about the, the legacy PBR and once again to reiterate everybody go get your tickets to that because it's gonna be a great night with all of Ty's friends and family involved. Jason even talking about uh making it out for that too. So it's gonna be a uh, be a who's who of, of Canadian bull riding and world class bull riding and bulls. So get your tickets there, come and see us. It's at the Nutrient, right? Nutrient Event Center. Yeah, Nutrient Event Center October twenty seventh. So got a couple of weeks here. Yeah, perfect. So, uh, yeah, so we'll uh, promo that one here, and then, like I say, I want to get you back closer to Calgary and stuff like that, and get get some uh, get some insights of you know a lot of the we've talked about it on here a lot too. People shit talk in different situations and scenarios, and and uh, hear it from uh, from somebody on the inside of you know how some decisions are made and uh, qualifications and all that different stuff. Right? There's a there's a big big system behind it and uh you know i think it'd be great to to get it all out there and then you can explain how it all kind of works for us for a lot of our guests but we'll do that obviously closer to and like i said the the tie on one we're gonna do and um you know there's some deep shit that that we all went through in that situation and and with ty that uh that the world needs to to know about and uh, i think it'll save some lives so uh, we definitely are, are gonna we're gonna do that one day as well too when when we 
when we feel like di- diving into that and getting deep into that, right? It's a, it's a tough thing to get into, but I think it'll, it'll help a lot of people. So I do appreciate you coming on Chad and, and your mindset and you. And like I say, Tyler and, and um, that crew of you guys, you really did change my life and uh, help my bull riding career and wouldn't be doing what I did. Wouldn't be doing the podcast, all that sort of stuff without what you guys uh, helped me with over the years. So I sure do appreciate everything that you did for a, uh, long-haired hippie ass little redhead wildcat <laughs> well i doubt that's true you'd uh, you'd have been doing the same stuff but anyway it was fun to be be along for the ride and continue to watch it um man one cool moment i'll just touch on before we go you fighting bulls here at calgary this year uh man come, kind of coming full circle for you and i to be in the, the arena at the same time tanner Gerlitz to be down there Schiffner in the arena it's like man it all of a sudden it was, uh, you know, sitting in there on like day seven or eight. It's like, man, this is pretty cool. We've come, we've full come circle. full circle in some ways. So yeah, it is uh, badass. Like so, the whole crew, like the, like the boys on the back of the shoots, right. To see the, everybody in a different aspect, doing a different job, but it's still kind of that same, a lot of the same crew of guys. Right. That's pretty cool. Jason yeah. Pinkbiter yeah. in stands, Jesse Byrne out yeah. there, Peacock out there, you know, like, yeah, yeah. yeah it's crap <laughs> picking up like full crew. <laughs> I don't know if you heard this, but Finkbeiner was in one of the suites chewing a big spit, and yeah. he took it out, threw it at Schiffner, hit him right on the chest, where <laughs> you could see it on camera. Schiffner <laughs> was freaked out. Oh, pure goals. Love it. Yeah. yeah. It awesome. We all grow up, but never really do grow up. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> okay, buddy. Cool. Well, we'll be chatting with you, but I do appreciate you taking the time. I know it's a busy schedule. So, uh, Thanks for uh, joining us here on the NFP Podcast. Yeah. This has been our interview with Chad Best Plug. Thanks, man. Well, they blew up the chicken man in Philly last night. And they blew up his house, too. Down on the boardwalk, they're ready for a fight. Gonna see what them racket boys can do. Now there's trouble busting in from out of state. And the DA can't get no relief Gonna be a rumble on the promenade And the gambling commissioner's hanging on by the skin of his teeth Everything dies, baby, that's a fact But maybe everything that dies, someday he comes back Put your makeup on, fix your hair up pretty Bye.